Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast on Prince. My name is Michael Dean, and you're listening to podcastjuice.net. Uh, we're still alive. We're still here. We're, we're still doing our thing. Uh, let's just get right into it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, joining me today is Mr. Big Sexy and Saxer. How are you? Man, I am cold. It's <laughs> be raining all weekend down here, and I ain't with it. But at the same time, you know, hopefully it'll wash some things away because I got to get out of the house. I'm starting to climb the walls a little bit. Ah, man, we'll go out and take a walk or something. Mm-hmm. I, I need to get out, though, and do things, you know. You're missing just, them five-star restaurants. Yeah, you <laughs> this is where you should be cooking. This is where you you turn into the chef, you know. I, I've been doing some cooking, too. Don't get oh, me wrong. All right. But still, man, damn, we need the same. Little little uh, grilled cheese sandwich with a sprinkling of spinach. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> Topped with truffle oil <laughs> butter. With a side of uh, lightly uh, boiled Roman noodles. <laughs> <I'm just laughs> when I, college, I swore on my life that I would never eat another ramen noodle. And I haven't. Uh, hey, you never know. <laughs> the way that oh, I know. Exactly. That ain't happening. <laughs> That was my the, the, the last. I think might be gold at a certain point. But we don't keep that under wraps. Everybody not they're not hoarding that yet. But uh, anyway, See, I mean, you go in with ten bucks, you come out with a million of those. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, also joining us is Mister Big Sexy and Zach. I said that already. So also yes, joining <laughs> us, I'm, I'm on. I'm, I already tell, let me tell y'all right now, I am on one today. Um, also joining us is Aunt Pooh, sir. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, work is going well. Um, a little bit of press because you know people talking about till May and possibly July, and I'm like, that's cutting into uh, Madden and FIFA releases, and I'm like, Shh, time's gonna get rough. But other than that, I'm enjoying life. All right, well, that's good. Good to hear. All right, well, man, we're here to talk about Prince. We ain't here to talk about the Rona, uh, so let's let's stay focused on that. But one of the big stories, or one of the only uh, sort of stories. At this point about Prince's, we don't have a release that we're talking about, is this news of uh, Prince's siblings versus the estate. And when I say the Prince siblings, you know, I'm talking about the people who, um, after Prince's death, his, his, uh, his estate or his, his uh, what do they want to call this? I, I'm just losing words. Like all of his stuff goes to his family. Right. His heirs. Yeah. His heirs. I'm sorry. And they've been uh, we've been hearing about this off and on. I remember maybe last year there was a news story that Tyka was, you know, trying to get money or was doing bad and wanted to get money from the estate. And now this time we are hearing uh, Sharon, uh, Noreen and John Nelson have uh, filed a petition for compensation uh, from Prince's estate. And I'm going to read a little bit here. Uh, from the blast. It's a very short article, I think. But essentially, it says, according to court documents obtained by the blast, Sharon, Noreen, and John have filed a petition for compensation to Prince's estate. Prince left behind all his, all his assets to his six siblings. The estate is run by Comerica Bank, who have not seen eye to eye with the heirs numerous times. The siblings have fought Comerica, accusing them of mismanaging money and leaving them in the dark about deals. Comerica has denied the allegation and claimed to be doing the best given the circumstances. Uh, In the newly filed documents, 
Uh, the heirs are asking the court to approve payment for services and efforts provided to the estate. Uh, the heirs say they have provided considerable time and investment in business matters related to the estate, unlike others who have performed services for Prince's estate. Uh, SNJ, which is the three heirs, have not received any financial sums for numerous and repeated services they have contributed to the estate. <clears throat> the three siblings claim they have had to rely solely on their pensions, Social Security, personal savings and loans from friends to cover the costs needed to support the Prince estate, despite the millions paid to advisors, attorneys, and others uh, approved by the court. Uh, so Sharon, Noreen, and John say they want to continue helping out the estate, but cannot continue without being paid. So it's very interesting. Uh, what is it? Last part it says, the documents note, quote, as this court is aware, the estate has now been ongoing for over three years. In this time, millions have been paid to the personal representatives, their accountants, attorneys, and legal advisors. The heirs say they have previously requested to be paid while the estate matters are being worked out, but were shut down. Then, uh, so this was uh, March 27th that this story came out. Now, there is a new development in this thing here. And it's a very interesting title that the blast did. It's very, very shady. It says, Singer Prince's estate says his family needs to stop asking for money. Claim IRS issues. AKA, I ain't got it. <laughs> the estate for Singer Prince is firing back at the late singer's family members, claiming they haven't been paid since his death. According to court documents obtained by the blast, Cormerica Bank, who is the personal representative, of Prince's estate is responding to the heirs pleading for money. Comerica Bank is asking the court to deny Prince's heirs petition for compensation where they claim to have not seen a penny from the estate since the singer's death. In response, Comerica says if they were forced, he said forced, <laughs> they don't want to pay. I guess that's what, why would you use that word? If they were forced to pay out money to the heirs, they would have to sell off an asset of the estate. Whoa. They point, at, they point out an issue with the IRS they have to deal with before paying out money. Comerica says the heirs have been fully aware of the issues with the IRS, which include the Internal Revenue Service believing the estate is being undervalued on paper. Uh, the estate also says... And while the personal representative is sympathetic to the financial situation of the Nelsons, the Nelsons have refused to take advantage of opportunities to participate in consulting opportunities arranged for them by the personal representative in connection with Paisley Park and entertainment transactions. Comerica is asking the court to shut down Prince's heirs and allow them to deal with the estate issues. Very interesting. Uh, so first, before I go on to my uneducated rant, I want to talk to the lawyer here. He can help maybe <laughs> give us some guidance and, and walk us through some of this. So what is your take on this, Big Six? Well, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, one thing that <clears throat> catches my attention is the heirs. And let me get real clear. I'm not ripping anybody. But they are saying... They haven't been, you know, compensated for, quote, 
numerous services they have contributed to the estate. So that tells me they want to be paid as employees. Now, I am not privy as to what's been going on out there. I don't know what they have done or what they think they have done or what have you. But I do know that Comerica has been appointed by the courts to oversee this. And part of their duty is to, A, keep the heirs informed, which apparently they're doing, and B, make it profitable, which is questionable. But I do see that this whole thing with the IRS claiming it's undervalued, that's got to be addressed. Because if it's undervalued, you know, how can you be making things profitable if it's undervalued and you're trying to hide paperwork? We don't know. We don't know. But going back to the heirs, they're saying that they, they want to be paid as like, like their employees. And the thing is, the, the estate is fired back saying, look, we gave you guys opportunities to participate in this, you know, consulting opportunities and what have you. One thing that you have when you have a dispute like this, the aggrieved party, in this case, the heirs, must show an effort to mitigate their damages. I don't see that here. All I'm saying is we ain't gotten paid, so we want our money. That's not going to be enough. You can't just sit on your on your duff and wait for things to come in while you let your own personal situation, you know, deteriorate. You've got to make other steps. And one thing I'm going to be really ticky-tack with the blast is he didn't leave this to them. <coughs> Excuse me. He died without a will. They inherited it by uh, intestate succession. So it's not like he chose to do any of this, which is why we all need to have a will. All right. All right. Uh, and Pooh, you should take on all this. <coughs> Uh, first, I mean, Mark just stole my thunder with the will. I'm really starting to believe, I understand that there are some people out there that were closer to Prince that have said he had a will, and I definitely I take the lead from Mike. How am I going to say I know more than they do? However, looking at this mess, I'm really starting to believe this man did not have a will. Because I just, I, I just feel like all the stuff that he had how does he just be so haphazard when not getting a will certified, documented, the trust, all that stuff set up that, in my opinion, someone in that position with that money does. So the fact that people are still looking for a will makes me believe he didn't do that. I, that's, that's just my gut feeling. And just overall, I'm just really confused about this whole situation regarding I'm, I and Mark, help me out. Isn't the estate supposed to be working for the heirs to to best, um, and that was the word, to best uh, capitalize on these assets to provide um, uh, revenue to these heirs who essentially own the estate? Well, Am the I wrong in that? Do, well, the heirs do own the estate. Let's not get it twisted. They own it. And okay. the thing is, though, Comerica has the duty to make it profitable. Now, because all of this came about through unfortunate means, um, and again, you have an intestate situation, that means it's all fucked up. Now, if the heirs think Comerica's going to walk in, you know, six months after he passed and start dishing out checks, no, doesn't work that way. You know, there are, <clears throat> there are outstanding IRS bills. 
there were other debts that needed to be be accounted for and things of that nature some things long term some some things short term um the heirs are entitled now again if you own a piece of a multi-million dollar property and you're not getting paid you have you know recourse you don't have to sell your your stake at all you can go to some of these places that will you know give you a long-term loan using your piece to secure it like a lot of these uh lottery winners do you can you can look you can make this you know monetized i don't think the heirs are getting good advice or i don't think they're listening Mm. to advice that's what i'm thinking i i mean i don't think that they're not listening to advice i think that they're not getting good advice that's just my opinion and i and sadly i I hate to do the, the mike mj i mean i'm sorry mj prince thing but I look at and I know he put a will in place and I'm sure he put a lot of executives and a lot of different um, processes in place. But I look at how well th- my MJ's estate has been run. Now, of course, Michael Jackson had, I believe, way more assets. And he, you know, during his life, he had bigger hits, which had more money. But I just still just look at how it's been run. And did, I think one year, didn't they clear a billion dollars? And I'm just looking at, and I understand Prince. He has this catalog of music, and he doesn't have he doesn't have the money. Um, the he didn't have the money, and he didn't have the assets that Mike had. But I'm just trying to understand how is it about to be four years later, and this estate is still in a mess. Yes, I hear about the taxes, but I'm just thinking in four years that hasn't been taken care of. So just me outside looking in, and I understand I'm not educated on everything that goes into managing an estate and everything at all, and I don't know all the stuff in here uh, that that's going on with the Prince Estate that goes into running the Paisley Park. They went with the uh, Graceland people, and they you see that they let that go because either they were mismanaging or just god awful. So that that was a misstep there. I just look at okay in four years. What have you done when you do have a valuable asset? You went against his wishes and took it exclusively off a title and put it everywhere. Okay, how has that made money? And I'm just trying to understand. There's, I really feel like there's ways to monetize the Prince catalog, the Prince name, the Prince image. What have they done besides, in my opinion, outside looking in? Again, I don't know everything, but outside looking in with my educated eyes, you guys are not doing that great of a job. I think the only thing that they've done great is getting those masters that people said was there's going undergoing degradation, sitting in that vault away and getting uh, cataloged properly, taken care of digitally and in that California vault. All right. All right. Um, I want to go to the book of Nelson. Uh, we'll start off with a scripture. Uh, chapter 2010. Verse one, it's a dirty fat banker sold a house today, sold it at an auction once the family out the way, kicked them on the street because they couldn't pay the tax. Call it an act of God. Amen. Listen, here's my take on this thing. And it's an age old thing we've always seen. When there's a, a big asset or there's big business or something left behind uh, and the family that is, or the, you know, the people that it's going to 
aren't business savvy, don't have any financial resources, are not clicked in and out there by themselves, the wolves are going to come. Another verse, chapter, book of hip hop, book of tribe called Quest. (laughs) What'd they say? The record business is shady. Paraphrase. Big business is shady. There's no fairness. And when you're dealing with millions of dollars, there's people that want that bag, who want control. And there's people who want to make power moves. In my opinion, when you keep seeing month after month of different heirs putting their business out on Front Street, going to the media, well, that's not even going to the media. They're putting... They're going to the courts and then certain media places are picking up on this because they're watching those court filings to see if they can get a story out of it. You are seeing the heirs go to the courts saying, hey, I'm struggling. Where's where I thought I was supposed to be getting paid. Where's the money at? Well, you know, you saw Taika. She she going through it, Uh, had to sell off some assets, going in bank, you know, uh, owes all this money to different lawyers and stuff. And that you see the, these heirs, uh, they say they put in some work and they haven't gotten paid. Again, it's the same, to me, it's, it's, it's nothing, it's not no mystery. That bank, Comerica, they're going to be a bank. <laughs> they're going to be big bank, big business. They're in a position, oh, we're sitting on some fat here. Well, we ain't going to let this go. We in control. This is a cash cow. We gonna, a bank, is the, as you said, their job is to what? Make profits. Now, the question is, who are they making profits for? Who getting paid? The family said they, they got the consultants and the lawyers and all these other people. All these other people. I guarantee you, getting checks. They ain't doing it for free. There's nobody up there, oh, I'm doing this for the love of the legacy, y'all. Hell, stop it. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) I know personally, let me stop. Listen, people are getting paid. Now, my thing about it is, and I think what they saying, I look at it as this. How are you going to have the family who... Now I'm asking Big Sexy, who created this, who created the law or whatever? Is that from the government or the, the, the state to say when this person dies, if they don't have a, a next to kin or there's not a kid or something, it goes to their family. Is that a law or something? That is the probate code, code yes. Yeah. So going by our laws, I don't say they laws, going by the law thing, they supposed to be in charge. That is they shit. That's what the system say <laughs> so when you yes. have the person who is supposed to own it i guess they own the estate do they own the estate big sexy they do when you own something and you ain't getting paid from it that's the issue <laughs> now when the person in front of your money tells you well, I can't pay you right now because, see, I got I to deal with this. I would ask the question, 
Who do you work for? Who at the end of the day, who is the boss? Who gets to decide who overrides shit? So then you tell me that, who's the boss going to say, nah, it ain't going to work like that. When it, well, mom, that's only $10. Make it work. Make it enough, goddammit. So you mean to tell me I'll be the owner or something and somebody else, and this is a family business. Just get that right. This is a family business. You now the owner, and they tell you everyone else getting paid but you. <laughs> you you go to the shop and you see the the secretary, uh, they bring in somebody in here to consult. Uh, this guy, he's the lawyer. He, his job is to send out letters every week. Uh, this person over here, he the custodian working in this. And they all, this they livelihood. But you struggle. And it ain't like it's, oh, well, you know, it's a small amount of money. So, you know, we talking millions of dollars. You, you see the concerts being put on. You see the, uh, the was it CBS? They got a special coming out, right? Mm -hmm. big big budget prime time TV you see the special coming on oh you probably see all the Facebook oh yeah y'all the, the tributes coming on <laughs> I know they should sitting at home I know they sitting at home like ain't this about a, about a bitch <laughs> fuck a tribute a tribute <laughs> where my tribute nigga <laughs> oh come on it's for the legacy y'all legacy huh what the fuck I care about some goddamn where my brain at? <laughs> that, I'll be I'll be outraged. <laughs> like, huh? <laughs> Who got paid well, I, for that? Where, where's my share? Oh, hold, hold I on do a have one question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You know the Reverend's talking, but go ahead. I'm sorry, Reverend. <laughs> <laughs> uh the question I have is where is Londell McMillan? Where are these teams, this team of, quote, black female lawyers that have been around him? Where are they? They got fired when the state came in. They ain't got nothing to do with it. They, they got out, fired? They out the picture. They don't work there Wait, 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 wait. They got fired. If they, they was hired by Prince, right, at the times that they worked. They don't, they don't, have, they don't work there no more. So they ain't got nothing to do I with mean. it. No, no, that's not what I mean. What I mean is this. And this is something Michael had obviously over Prince. But I think I know why. But it's like you got all these attorneys around you, and you are a you know very wealthy person. I'm sure they were in his ear, dude. Handle this, and you, can, and you can only tell Prince so much. We all know this, but I think part of it also is one of the differences between Mike and Prince. Mike had three kids. And so Mike's whole thing was like, let, let me take care yeah. of the, the right. knuckleheads. We, and we, we understand all that. We, but we, and, and, we're and, dealing about where we at right now. Where we okay, at right now right is right the now, family then. is asking hmm. for where's their money. Everybody else is getting paid. We know why we're here. We understand well, the, why we're here, right? Then the family needs to, first of all, do something they haven't done yet. And that's present a united front, which they have not done. And when you have multiple people thinking they're in charge, you're going to have that problem. Of course. So that's why they, they go into the courts. So they so they go into the courts. If they're not united, they still owners, right? They are. They are. They still need to get paid, or at least not to have an demand. understanding of what's going on. And my they thing is this, right? Let me finish my thing. I'm going to go back to you. So my thing is this: when you are in these positions. 
and you see these types of things going on, it's not rocket science and all the, they're going to tell you all kind of shit. But at the end of the day, and this is my, this is the question I want to pose to the fans and the rest of the community. If you know the money you spending isn't really going to Prince's family, should you question that? Do you have a right to question that? Do you care? I know we spend a lot of time talking about the, the music and all that, which we should. But, and that's why I wanted to, I pulled from the scripture <laughs> of Prince because he didn't just talk about his music. He talked about topics. He was, uh, uh, in a lot of ways, he was about his business. I, he had some shortcomings in terms of, you know, wheels and stuff, but he spent a lot of part of his career about getting his business handled, right? That's what a lot of people know him for. He didn't put slave on the face because he's talking about I'm a slave to the music. He wanted to get ownership. And he would constantly talk about when will we be paid for the work we've done? Do you really think Prince would have been like, oh, I don't, when I die, I don't care, man. Let the bankers have my money. Damn, my family. <laughs> no. It, would any, most people in their right mind think like that? Even if the so-called narrative, and I said so-called narrative, is that ain't got nothing to do with his family. Which I don't think is reality. But I understand when people say that. Even if he didn't have nothing to do with his family, why would his blood, sweat, and tears go to pay everybody else that ain't got shit to do with him? Mm -hmm. That would be my question. And my other question would be, and again, I ask this because we spend our money and our time on this. You spending our, your money and time to make sure somebody else's future is secure. I'm talking about people that are not Nelsons. That ain't work with Prince. He didn't fuck with them people. May not even really knew him like that, if knew them at all. But you best believe when them ticket sales are sold, when those TV specials are made, when those reissues are going, where you think that money's going to? When they tell you, oh, well, we can't pay you because we got to, if we was to pay you, or if we was forced to pay you, <laughs> right? We'd have to sell off an asset. I'm sorry, Google. Google, did you hear Google came in? Google said, "I don't understand." That a bitch. When they say they're forced, they gotta. So they gotta. Say, do they say that when they pay the consultants? Do they mm, say that yeah. when they pay all the lawyers sending out the cease and desist letters? <laughs> do they say that when they pay the engineers at the studio? Did they say that with the, the janitors and all the, 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 the secretaries at the Comerica Bank, all them people that their money's coming from the print stuff, do they say, do they tell them people, are oh, you not going to get paid because we'd have to sell off their estate or assets? No, they cut the checks because they know people will be out of, people wouldn't work there no more if they wasn't getting paid. So why are those the quote unquote essential employees, but the owners, and we're talking about, Senior citizens. Right? All of those heirs are up there in age. They ain't out here flossing. They ain't out there all on the gram. They ain't out there acting a fool. These are older folks. These are the, these the elders. 
They said they're using their social security checks to live, which they probably would have been doing anyway. But the point is, the system said they the owner, so they, so they don't have to live like that, right? Even just, and again, it's not a fair game, but even if you were just keeping it a buck and you say, you know what, uh, Miss Nelson and, 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 and Mr. Such and Such, and they, man, they struggling. Man, go on in and slide them. Make sure them folks is good. We, it don't look right. <laughs> it don't look right. We in here balling. Our people are, we, we paying our people every two weeks. We can't have the elder, the elderly out on the news looking like they can't make it. That should look ridiculous. That's what I would be asking. Who, who's, who's the person that was optically, this shit looks ridiculous. It's not a good look. But if you was a hardcore banker type business dude, you'd be like, I don't give a fuck. Send a lawyer down to the courtroom. Telling people, we, man, give me some legalese. They ain't getting no bread. I don't give a fuck how it look. <laughs> That's how I look at it. Like, it just don't look right. How, how, do, you, how do you tell the fans? That's why they don't ever want to bring this. They don't want to bring that conversation. They'd rather keep you focused on the products and not behind the scenes. Because if you look at this, it don't look right. How do older people... That's the heirs. They struggling. You could even, and you could say, well, well, they didn't have a, they're not unified. Or didn't. Well, we know that, but they still ain't eating. So how are they going to change that? It don't look right. Just like when you see people out on the street or, oh, that's a sister such and such. Yeah, her son went to prison. And, well, she should have been a good mother. Yeah, but she ain't, ain't nobody, she can't pay her light bill. Go on in. Somebody go on in and take care of that, goddammit. It don't, it don't look right. She a member of the church. Matter of fact, they own the goddamn church. Yeah, but see, they mismanaging. Eh, see, that's not how we get down. That's how they get down. But we're not supposed to be doing it like that. Look at Prince, how he used to get down. Was he have that attitude? Oh, Clyde's, what's the, what's the brother's name from uh, the drummer, funky drummer? Clyde Stubblefield? Yes, yeah. rest in peace. Did the prince was oh man he James he didn't probably have his contract with James and he didn't get his royalties from the records so he can't pay his medical bill that's that's on that brother now cutting a check it don't look right that's how Prince got down with all oh, that's the school over there they didn't have enough money to you know what keep it on the low but we black cut them a check that shit don't look right not on my watch not on Prince's watch. It ain't happening. Like, that's not, that ain't the get. I'm saying, if you're supposed to be represent, you, they say the personal representative of Prince, don't you follow the lead? He made sure niggas was eating. Or he take care of people's families. Nah, that shit. Oh, uh, Tyka and them, she's going through some situation. The drugs. Ah, yeah, I got you. You're going to the program. I got that. Don't worry about that. Keep that on the low. But we're not going to have my people out here looking crazy. You got countless stories of Prince after he died when he took care of people. He didn't, he wasn't obligated, probably didn't have to do it, but it, it didn't look good to him. In his spirit, he was like, nah, man, that ain't, mm-mm, nah, <laughs> cut them in the check, man. Damn that. Million Man March, Farrakhan. 
uh, Prince ain't uh, a fair gun. He's a uh, what, what a prince do? Nah, cut them the check. I got that, and don't you can keep that on the low. But we're not gonna have our people out here looking like that. So when you got his own family out here looking wild, and don't talk to me about we got to sell off some assets and this, and that, and the third. You the representative of the man you're supposed to be representing? Follow his lead. That wasn't his get down. Damn how, uh, what about their money? Eh, nah, cut him the check. You don't have your elder people out here looking crazy, and they the owners? Yeah, man, that's why I said, I'm, since it's not a good look, man, and more, we need to be talking about that kind of, we did, I, to me, should be putting pressure on them, like, yeah, you sell tickets to the celebration? Uh, yeah, but what about the people? <laughs> what about the owners, though? Where does money go? I sat there personally, Prince standing five feet away from me on the stage before the show. They want me to play at the EMP, y'all. They, they, they want me to do an after show. And, uh, where the money going, though? I ain't playing a damn thing until I know who gets paid. Who owned the EMP? He just he stayed on that for like 30, 40 minutes. I'm sorry, what's the EMP? Um, Experience Music Project that's here in Seattle is owned by Paul, Paul Allen, rest in peace. But when Prince came here to Seattle with Rainbow Children Tour, they wanted him to do a, it, and it was a, it's a big music museum. It has expanded beyond that now. But it started out, it was based, you know, Jimi Hendrix, I've experienced music project, but they had, it was a whole music. It's still a lot today. It's fascinating. Um, but when it had just opened, when he had got here, it was brand new. Uh, millions of dollars had been spent on it. And at the time they had an exhibit, I think it was called, it was a VR ride exhibit through the funk, right? And Maceo was a part of it. George Clinton, Bootsy, they filmed the whole movie and you sat in this thing and you rode to the mothership and it was a VR experience. It was dope. I mean, it's, you know, blank check to make it. So they wanted Prince to come there, obviously. Or Prince was like, he is asking us because we from Seattle. Who owned that though? Who, where, where the money going for my shot? I'm not playing. He, he just kept going on about And somebody in the crowd was like, well, ask your boy Maceo. He in the exhibit. And he's like, oh, what's this about Maceo? Maceo like, Damn. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but then people was like, yo, yo, Paul Allen, this is a Paul Allen thing. He bankrolled that. He wanted to give back. And what did it end up Prince doing? Obviously, he was like, well, okay, I'm going there, but I ain't playing. And that's what happened. So after the show, we were all sitting in the front row. A lady came out, gave us all uh, little badges to wear. They said, go down to the thing. They'll let you in. And you guys can go there and eat. Uh, we did that. And Prince was there. The whole band, they did not play a show, but he, they took him on a tour of the museum. And it was like a little party. But he was, but he was about where the money going. Damn all that. Y'all ain't have me. Mm -mm. No, I ain't. And then he told a story about, uh, and those who are there can fact check me if I'm, but he was talking about him and Eric Clapton doing some type of TV show. I could have sworn he was saying it was for ABC, but he was like, they would always come to me and Eric. They would want me to do this show all the time. But the reason why I would not do it, because I wanted to own it. And I wasn't going to do it if they owned it. And so it wasn't going to be no show. Damn the, look at me, where the bread at? 
This is what Prince was talking about. So if you think he would be on some, have my family out here looking crazy, my family, who this shit now owned to, I ain't here no more. You think they would have been on, he would have been on that rah-rah? Stop it. His actions show you he was different than that. So that's why I'm blasting. <laughs> this shit don't look right. And somebody, more people need to be saying, yeah, get that together, man. Don't, don't have it play out in the press. Like, don't have them, these elderly people out here looking like they're not eating. Now, that'd be one thing if there's, oh, well, they want to floss out. And, <sighs> get it together. That's all. If you're supposed to be that tight about represent, representation of how Prince looks and how he's upheld, upheld well, then you need to be having the same energy for all the Prince stuff, not just the product. Because the product is just a, a pathway to create more wealth. But then the question is, well, where the money going? So that's my rant. Now, Big Sexy, you got you want to jump in and say some other stuff? A couple of things. Uh, with Mr. Stubblefield, one thing, and I've, I've said this about Major League Baseball players, too, uh, regarding Kurt Flood, a lot of people in that industry, baseball, have been eating extremely well because of free agency, and it all comes back to Kurt Flood. They need to kick him down. Same thing with Stubblefield. His samples have been used all over the place. Now, I don't know if these cats don't know, you know, the deal behind it, but they need to kick his estate down on something. Uh, now, going to our current situation, the thing that I would do is very simple. I would go to the court as, you know, one of the heirs and say, look, I need an accounting. I need to know every nickel has come in, where it's gone, what are our assets, what are our liabilities. And then you have that discussion because that way you are fully informed of what's cooking and you know where it's going and where it's not going. But that's the first thing that needs to happen. For sure. For sure. And, you know, uh, I don't know if there's a way to pull these court records. You know, this, this report from the blast is very slim on the details. So we're not sure what they are doing in those records or not, you know, what, what that aspect is. But again, all I'm saying is there obviously needs to be something, something there needs to be a sit down at the table. And if it's just a point where the bank, they're not trying to hear that or, or, or the family, you know, what, whatever it is. Now, for me, I'm always going to side with our family on these types of things. I don't know the whole, I don't know all of the story. I don't know all the facts. But just for me, I'm going to side with, the, with the, the, the elders and the family first. Whether or not they are right or not, I'll take that. But I'm on their side just because it just doesn't look right. I, you, there's no way in hell older people should be out here struggling like that it ain't got nothing to do with how they manage day money or this they own the shit and if you're going by the same laws and the rules that the, that y'all don't put on the playbook then you're going to play by them you know them rules because i guarantee if it was any such other situation it wouldn't be like that and i and i'm and i'm and i'm gonna start going at 
these Fugazi Prince fans who always be coming with that, oh, he didn't care about his family. What about their money? Stop it. Unless you know them people, stop it. You, you, if you're basing your logic on books, stop it. That ain't the, that's not the get down. Don't, don't, I'm just saying, this, you look crazy. Because if it's your family, you wouldn't be saying some outsider telling you about your situation, you'll be ready to fight. So stop with all that bullshit. And, and can I add? Know, yeah, if you don't know the situation, then just shut the fuck up. <laughs> then just stay on the I, music. Oh, I'm sorry. Go sorry. ahead, man. You want to jump in? Sorry about that. And can I also add that these same Prince friends that are talking ish on the family seem to have no problem spit dropping five hundred dollars for or a thousand dollars for the celebration or spending the money for um, these vinyl collections or going to the, the Target Center for this Prince-related stuff where the money is going to who exactly? But you mad that it, it could go to this, these family members that Prince didn't really quote-unquote fuck with. Make that make sense. It don't. Now, again, I totally understand wanting to gobble up and own uh, Prince merchandise we love Prince. We want to support it. My thing is, if we talking about the legacy, keeping the legacy alive, y'all, then okay, let's do that. But that doesn't mean that we blindly just give up our monies and time and it's going to being diverted somewhere else. Right. That ain't keeping the legacy alive. That's keeping somebody else's pocketbook alive. But if those people are not doing what they're supposed to do, then we're supporting foolishness. I'm saying if hypothetically, allegedly, I'm not condemning the estate either. Now, to keep it clear, I don't work for the estate. And as you see on every show, it says they ain't got nothing to do with it. We ain't got nothing to do with them. And I have no, so I don't, I feel no ways about that situation, but I'm just saying, I feel all ways about Prince. So I know, I want to know when I'm supporting something, the people at the end is supposed to get what it is. Just like if I, I say, don't support bootlegs. I said, don't spend no money on no bootlegs. It ain't going to the family. Who that money going to? People that wasn't doing the blood, sweat, and the tears. And they don't own this shit. So I said, don't support. So I have that same energy <laughs> about it. If this shit ain't going to the people it's supposed to go to, I have a problem with that. And my problem, and I'm going to say something about it. I'm not mad, but I'm not going to act like it don't exist just because it don't make me feel good. Like, oh, and, and again, I have no problem if you just want to focus on the music and artistry. I totally understand that. But that ain't keeping the legacy a lot. You know, that's just keeping your love of the music and the art. But the legacy, we talking about legacy. That means that's who, who, who's legacy. <laughs> Everybody else's business be tight. But when it comes to some, once again, black music, black, 
It's always on some funny shit. That's an age old thing. We've seen this countless many times over history. The artists will always be getting jacked out. Now you see when Prince is out the way, here come all these people. Same way as the same people that's probably getting that. Tyka and all them, listen, let us represent you. Uh, sell us your shit. We'll, we got power and resources. We're coming. The wolves is coming. Because there's money there. Prince built a body of work. It's worth something. And everybody wants a piece of it. But my problem is when the people who supposedly own it don't get a taste, and you got people telling them, oh, we can't give you your money because, ah, stop it. Stop it. You ain't got to sell off no goddamn asset just to pay these people. Get these people a little something so they can eat. They can get a little taste so they ain't dipping into their social or whatever. And they, and they say they're doing work. Be one thing if they just was like, well, just, we just want our cut our check. We ain't did shit, but we own this. They said they putting in work. And again, if you can pay everybody else, how they not getting paid? What business you know that ain't on some like Amazon? Well, shit. You, does does Be, does Bezos did he get a cut or does he be like oh no I'm gonna withhold my check I can't pay myself but I'm gonna pay everybody else or hell richest motherfucker in the world he ain't foregoing no money and <laughs> ain't nobody gonna tell ain't no shareholders nobody gonna tell oh uh, well you ain't getting a check this time because we gotta pay off the IRS bills or or we might have to sell off some no we're gonna have to sell off some assets for you get paid. I would be insulted if I was in it. They told me, nigga, who's paying that nigga's paycheck then? Oh, well, that's different. Stop it. <laughs> I burn this paper. You better stop playing with me. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's my getter. Y'all better stop playing. Shit. But anyway, I'm done. I'm <laughs> talking shit. That's just, that's just corny to me, man. It's corny. All right. God damn. Mm, mm, mm. What do y'all think? That's the important thing. I want to know what all of y'all think. Am I off base? Are they just money hungry? Too bad for them? Or is that the, that's the way it goes? Mike, let them handle their IRS bill first. You know? Why don't they all take a pay cut then? So they can hear up and get that bill paid off if that's the case, right? Wouldn't he get paid faster if they all paid? If they just did it for the love of the legacy? That'd be socialism. We can't uh, do that. Well, or we'd be forced to sell off some ass. <laughs> Stop. That's the cold <laughs> part right there. <laughs> well, we could, we'd like to, but we had to sell pieces of it. Stop. Was, oh. That's one of those. We don't. That's one of those ice cubes. We gonna come into the office and break everything up. Hey, where my check at? TLC, TLC, and them came in there strapped up. They was like, "You don't get us our money." Got the fuck all that. Well, you see what had happened. T. Boss was. I guess see that's and that's and, and maybe if they was I don't know if they was younger or was more about that raw rise like nah. We're going to square this out, but maybe they see that these people, they don't have no resources. They ain't got no money. How are they going to fight them? We a million dollar, couple million, big million bank. We got capital. We got lawyers on call. What you going to do? You can't even afford to pay the lawyers you got. So, well, of course, they ain't paying you shit. 
I got two Why things. don't you sell this shit to us? <laughs> so, so Mark, my question is, is can they fire Comerica and get another estate planner? Is that something that's, that they can act, do? An heir, <clears throat> an heir slash, oh, what's what I'm looking for, beneficiary to a trust can petition for the trustee's removal with agreement of all the other parties. But again, and if they need to do that, then they need, they need to do that. But again, this all starts, they need to get unified and say, look, we need to see some accountings. And then once you get the accountings, that will let Comerica know that we're not fucking around here. So either you, you get on board with what we're doing and we work this shit out, or you can be replaced. That's simple. I, I think, though, and I'm not trying to be, you know, a weenie here. I think the relative lack of sophistication and the, the bad information they're getting is preventing that from happening. You know, I don't know if someone has just come to them and said, look, get together, you know, demand an accounting and go from there. You know, I think you have when you have multiple people, you have multiple agendas, and it's hard to reconcile that. Once they reconcile that, they can take over. True, true. And, and you know, these, I, I don't know the relationship between all the family members. I can only base it on, you know, how is my relationship with my family members? How is your relationship with your other family members that you don't really, you don't never really dealt with, but then you are dropped something that's worth a lot of money. It's just like when, you know, somebody in a family member dies. Oh, that was my uncle. And that was my, such, oh, okay. He left a little bit to all of us. And they're going to start arguing over who going to get what or what brother and sister get this. So imagine that's happening with this. And, and, you know, how our families be broken apart anyway. And now they got this big, this thing. Okay. I want to do this. I want and you know, so they all over the place. So I get why they're separated. Like that. That's that's some normal type shit, unfortunately. And it goes back to what you said. You don't have a will. This is what happens. But, uh, you know, th this is what happens. But on the other side of it, when it's playing out in public like this, we're dealing with something that's major. Yeah, this shit, it's not, this, this, this ain't cool. You know, yeah, there's probably millions of many different people hollering at this heir's ear, this lawyer getting at this heir's. Now, again, these other lawyers are probably like, uh, yeah, yeah, you can do this, do this, but here go my here go my invoice. <laughs> are you ready to fire me? Okay, here go my invoice. I'm gonna get my pay. You niggas might not get nothing, but I need to get paid. <laughs> That's all I do know. And I just wanted to work for you for a little bit so I could get my taste out of it. So all the lawyers, and they going to get paid. All the consultants, they getting paid. And to, to just bring it back to where we are right now with the coronas and all this, I don't, I, we don't ever want to talk about this, but we gonna, we're talking about This is why we really got it make sure we start thinking about getting our shit in order because the times we're living in right now, unfortunately 
you could get sick. You could be the head of your house or you may have different things that you own. And you want to make sure that that shit don't go for flying in the wind. You know, what, what, what happens to my affairs? Nigga, I got sick. Oh, well, I didn't think it was going to happen to me. Well, the, here's what could happen. So let's not, let's learn, especially right now, we, we at risk right now. A lot of Americans is at risk. So we need to start being smart and start thinking about them conversations we don't normally like to think about. Like, man, let me make sure I got some paperwork in order or something that something. You don't know what could happen. Fuck around, be here next week and got sick to the point you can't write nothing down no more. Or you too, you you in the hospital or something. Then what happened? Then your family, oh, Mike, he was he his stuff. Well, yeah, but see the the bank he was banking at, they they saw some value and so they courts, they went to the courts and took over for that. And now his kids got uh he got one kid over here in Hawaii, his, his other child, Gracie, live over here. Uh their parents may not get along, whatever, but now they're trying to get the money that he was paying all the time and they can't get access to it. They they say they gotta pay off some some old tax bill first <laughs> for, for his family. Kids can't eat. Talking about Oh, he didn't have no relationship <laughs> or, uh, you know, he got another bill to pay. So we don't know. See, see, nah, we can't go out like that. When, when your family over here struggling, that's on. So we got to take care of. So that's another thing. Wait, we got to take care of our business, man. We got to start thinking about this. Shit. Or we, even if you don't have a family, you got things that you own. You got a nest egg or something. You just want that to go to whoever. Oh, my mom. They go to my aunt or such and such, you know, who, or you may, somebody you met, your girlfriend or whoever that ain't on paper for you, but you want to make sure they get what you got, especially if they ain't an heir or they not on paper, you better start putting them on paper. Oh yeah, that's my girlfriend or, or that's my, my homeboy. I mean, I know we've known him for each other for years. I, that's the only person I trust with my shit. Well, you better make sure you got something ready, written down. They'll walk up in there and they, of course, be like, well, who are you? Well, I was a, you, you got a ring? Or, or are you his blood? Who, who are you now? Because um, it says he got a cousin in uh, Wisconsin that this, this stuff is supposed to go to now. Ah, really? Yeah. So, this is the time, man. We're going to learn from Prince one way or the other. Going to learn today. No, we don't want to talk about it, but shit, man. Shit is for real, man. It's not a good look. But I said I was done talking about that kind of shit. I y'all don't. Where the party, man? <laughs> All right, we're going to switch it up, man. Switch it up. Ranting and raving. Um, the parade. Oh, no, no. Before we get to the parade album, there's a, this is a thing that's going on now which I think is really cool. I haven't personally gotten a chance to really watch any of these yet, but I love the idea. And there's one that's coming up that I well, try and find a way to watch the uh, Teddy Riley. I hate to say versus, but Teddy Riley versus Babyface in it's these IG sort of fun battles where you know, artists or producers or whatever, DJs, they're playing their songs back and back. 
you know, sort of trying to one up each other. Oh, you got that? Okay. What about this? Uh, you know, I think that is one of the coolest things that has come out of the stay at home quarantine type situation. This is, let me say this too. This is one thing I love about creatives and artists and particularly, uh, you know, our people, man, uh, you know, especially like the hip hop generation, we're going to find a way. <laughs> You're not going to stop. <laughs> we're going to do our shit. You say, you say we can't go out to the club? Oh, nigga, say, I'm going to play the club at the crib and stream this shit. We're going to, you know, shout out to D Nice, man. He was kind of one of the people who really, not the first to do it, but did it on such a huge level that we all paid attention. And now that's everyone. Oh, okay. Let's do a beat battle. You know, let's do it. And so I think it's great. And it just shows the creativity that we're going to celebrate. We're going to do our shit. It don't matter what comes up in life. We're going to do our shit. And that's why I love this. So uh, in the spirit of these, you know, sort of IG battles, back and forth, we wanted to talk about, I know Aunt Pooh brought this up and was, what if, and, I, and it's like this is the age old thing. But what if it was MJ and Prince? Now, first, I want to ask this. Would they even do this? And Pooh first. Like, what, would you think that even Prince and Michael Jackson would even participate in something like this? I think that MJ absolutely would. I think he was very competitive. And I think he would have wanted that opportunity to be like, all right, people have been putting us against each other for 40 years. And low key, you've been uh, sneak dissing me and, and had this beef with me. Let's, let's finally do this. My opinion, I think Prince would have been like, okay, what's the bag? Okay. And then second, <laughs> <laughs> who's getting paid off of this? <laughs> That's right. Like, what's the bag? And then secondly, um, I I I don't know if he. I mean, I part of me thinks because of the situation, he probably said, "You know what? Fuck it. I will put everything aside. Let's do. Let's give the people what they want." But then there's that thirty percent that's like, "Do I really want the smoke?" Do I really do I do I really want to have people, you know, saying that oh that was beat it was better than Little Red Corvette or if I play Purple Rain he played Man in the Mirror and everybody's hype, so I don't I, I ultimately think he'll just do it just for the spirit the fun you know we're in this situation but there's that thirty percent that says no because it's MJ. Hmm. I, I I personally think I don't think I personally think either one of them would do it especially not in a where it would be some versus type of thing. Um, I do think that Prince, as a very competitive spirit, I think he would do it by himself. Because I think his whole, to me, like the sampling portion that he was doing in his later concerts mm -hmm. was exactly that. Like, I got more hits, y'all, and he just played. I mean, he was kind of doing that, or, but, I don't, but I don't think he would do it directly at somebody like that per se. But but again, would I want to see something like that in pure fun? I would definitely love to see it. Big sexy, what do you think? You know, you know I don't know. Prince was very competitive. I'm re I'm recalling a bootleg. <clears throat> God, um, they're wrong. <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's not actually. <laughs> recalling a bootleg where he's talking at I think it's at Paisley, and he heard that the uh, the blues guitarist, I think his name was Johnny Lang was in the house, mm -hmm. he called him out. 
Johnny didn't want none. You know, mm, call up Paul Peterson. Right. Are you in house? Come on up here. Punk of the nope. month. Punk of the month. <laughs> He'd call up Mike. Mike would come up, and then they'd figure it out. Um, I think Ooh. Prince probably still had had a little uh, resentment back from that whole '83 thing on stage with James Brown. I, I was about to say that was the first kind. Of, if you want to say you know? the battle, <laughs> and then you look goal. at Prince at 2004. You know where you, me, and Aunt knew what was going on. A lot of these uh, rock cats at the Hall of Fame, they had no idea. Prince is like, let me show you what time it is. He walked in there right. and took over the entire night. Period. So he was probably looking to do that type of impact on somebody again. And Mike had better come correct because Prince would have taken it over. Mm, I would have but- liked to have seen it, but mm-hmm. again, you know, who's getting paid? Who owns the rights to it? Where's it going to happen? You know, is it truly Mike versus Prince, or is it Mike and his team against Prince? We don't know. I, I think that, in my opinion, I think there's only two people unquestionable that I think Prince would probably say, "Yeah, let's do this." Off the top, I, I could be I could be foolish saying it, but I really think that he just the respect that he has for him. If somebody said, "Hey, do, do these two people?" Prince would be like, "Okay, yeah, I'm there." I think he would do it with Stevie Wonder because, mm-hmm. in my opinion, they're not contemporaries. And he has yeah. a lot of respect, and it's a generation. And I think he would have fun, like, oh, okay, you play superstition? Okay, well, I got this. Oh, mm-hmm. you going to hit me with maybe your baby? Oh, okay, okay, well, here's forever in my life. I don't know. I think he would enjoy mm-hmm. that. And I think because he's still alive, he probably needs some help. I think he would do it with Sly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, Sly. I, I, <sighs> Sly is unpredictable at best. I think he has so much admiration and respect for those two men. He would not ever do that. Like he, I, nah. No, but I think he wouldn't see it as a competitive thing. I think he would uh, just see it as two friends just playing they playing their music and chopping I, it up. I, I, yeah, I, I don't, don't think it'd be competitive. Think, I just I think he just wouldn't even is even if it wasn't competitive. It's, nah, these are the cats that I base my shit on. Like, the same way I seen him with Larry Graham would be just he would just not even nah. I def- I defer to those brothers. I could see them say, nah, that, that, I'll shut up and let them do their thing. I, I just feel like, but again, I can see what you're saying too. Uh, <clears throat> and when I move forward a little bit, I, I would say, obviously Prince is very competitive and he did go at people, uh, he did challenge in, in a, in a competitive, fun, fun way. You know, again, I seen him do a, a fun gig. I even a dig to Mike. He actually gave it up to Mike. But he was like, he had to put his spin on it. He was like, oh, you like, he's like, oh, you like Billy Jean. But, but watch, but you, if you had a real band play, it'd be the shit. Ready? One, two, three, boom, and then went into it. It was this fun type of shit, but I always thought those things were sort of more behind the scenes or done in a way where they weren't, it wasn't the mainstream type thing. Like, it's one thing to be at First Avenue on a test show at a small audience going in on St. Paul. But I would be very, I would wonder if he would do it uh, like on the Grammys or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like on the big, even like he was going at Morris Day sometimes. You know, oh, chop down that, chop down that oak tree. <laughs> I mean, that was a young prince too. So again, and the older prince, I don't think he would even did that. But let's just say they did do it, right? And for whatever reasons they decided to do it. Maybe they did it for charity or something. Um, who do you? I, I, this may be a, a, a biased question. Uh, 
for Big Sexy, if it was just purely playing the songs. Now, I don't know how these things are judged because I have yet to really see one. Uh, how they judge who wins or, or are, are there winners? I don't even think they concede to each other. They're just having fun doing it. But uh, how would you think it would play out, Big Sexy? Well, <clears throat> first thing depends on your audience. You know, that's got to you know, have a lot to do with it. And again, are you just playing samples from already recorded songs? Or are they there? No, they play the you songs, know. I think. They just play the real They're playing songs. the songs? Yeah, yeah. Because it's live on with, IG. With MJ, are we just talking his solo catalog? Or are we talking to Jackson's? And are we, talk, are we talking Jackson 5? Let's if we're talking everybody. all Let's that. say anything he sings on. Prince <laughs> <laughs> is my dog, but I don't know about that one. <laughs> you know, because Mike can reach way back in the time machine and handle business. So I, as much as I, I hate to give it up, if you're, if you're looking at the entire MJ output and the, uh, the long-term, you know, cultural effect he's had since being, what, eight years old, I got to go with Mike. I almost think it might be, you can take this how you want, it almost unfair in a it sense. Is. Because it Michael is. Jackson was already a legend. By the time Prince started. Yes. Now, if you want yes. to be real. Uh, he was Motown. You know, he came from that. That, You know what I mean? Like, they, and we've heard it on this show. Prince was looking up to Mike, you know, uh, Jackson 5 and all that. He was trying to get in the game. He was already established doing shit, had hits, da 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 So I don't know. In some degree, you know, I think a lot of times we just tend to think of the 80s stuff. But, of course, Mike was around way before that. Um, I personally think both of their music, all of their music, both of these guys' music, though, are cultural signposts, impactful, and pushed the world forward in major ways. You know, I think it all just, it all comes down to what things do you value more, the individual person? Like, oh, well, do I value he's more, he's a musician, this guy isn't, well, then of course he wins that, or do I value this guy's singing or his impact and I value that or do you value sales or you know what I mean there's so many variations on it and what I say is and this is different this is not a knock on Prince not a knock on even uh, one Michael was very strategic he was yeah. recording what what a hundred albums I mean not albums a hundred songs per album and then he was strategically finding like the best 12 because he, because then he was looking at, I'm going to put out five or six or seven, not just singles, but number one singles. But see, so, again, though, with Mike, and that's different from Prince. But but with Mike, in order to do that, which was strategic, it was very you know business like and, and great. But Mike had a team bring those songs to him. You know, when you got with Quincy, you got with the Quincy Machine, Rod Temperton. You know, Carol Bayer, Sager, all these songwriters would bring things in. Prince is a one-man show. Right. And, and for better yeah. or worse. Yeah. You know. Now, I, I, I don't think the, the comparison here, because, Mike, you said something that got me thinking about it. I don't think it's Prince and MJ. I'm thinking it's Stevie and MJ. Because Stevie started mm -hmm. out really young mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. You know. I can see that, actually, yeah. 
Now, if that's the case, I got to go with Stevie because, you know, and the thing, and again, you can look at, look at it deeper. If you look at Mike's peak output from, say, off, off the wall to dangerous, damn. But you look at Stevie, early 70s, you know, talking book to uh, Songs of the Key of Life, damn. How do you measure those two? Now, would it be interesting? And this, and hey, this might be unfair, but it could be kind of interesting when you look at the catalogs and they, and what songs get selected. MJ versus Janet. Ah, uh, she. she <laughs> <laughs> you want to with Jimmy and Terry? Janet would get blown out the water. Stop it! Oh, come on. What are they gonna uh, play? Okay. Dream Street. <laughs> <laughs> Come give your love to me. No. Come on, man. We're not going to act like Control, Rhythm Nation, and Janet didn't exist. Come on, man. They did, but I mean, that to me, they're the equivalent of, they're not even the equivalent off the wall slam, both of them records, all three of them records. Yeah. Yeah. Off the wall. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and shit on me. I I prefer Rhythm Nation over that. That's that's a record, but off the wall? Greatest RB. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll pull that one out. Pause. But I, I mean, mean it's really, yeah, the, it's the really MJ gym. versus Stevie, that would be very interesting, actually, because, you know, I think they both have their periods where they're, they're golden. But I would say, I'm just off the top of my head, MJ would probably could pull a longer, you know, he's, he can keep going years even after his so called prime where he still had. Some joints that was just, you know, like to me, like butterflies. I don't know any current Stevie or Stevie material that we would all know that was like, oh shit. You know, to me, the last thing that I pay attention with Stevie for me personally was after it was a jungle fever. After that, I, yeah, I was, I I, I didn't hear anything. I would, uh, what do you think MJ versus Babyface? And then, uh, because he has a, because to me, because people are saying Babyface versus Ted, and all respect to Babyface. Babyface has some number ones, has some great songwriting. But I'm just like, Teddy, that could be a route. But I think versus MJ, it, the music is a little bit more comparable. Where you could be like, oh, okay, Babyface, he can't, he dropped something that, that you know, Mike could go at Billie Jean. Yeah, but that's just one thing. I mean, yeah. what, what has he got to go against all the other songs? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. To me, so, Babyface, I see as a producer, songwriter dude, dope as hell. I don't think I wouldn't put him against the MJ. And I, and I almost say you, you take MJ out of it. He's such an outliner. He's like James Brown or something. You don't, you can't really put nobody against him. Like, they, they own, same with Prince to, to the same degree. There's nobody that has what he's got, what he has. So, it just doesn't really fit. I think I think it is more easier to look at a Teddy versus a Babyface, their contemporaries, or um, I would say uh, you know Babyface versus um, Usher or something. You know what I mean? Or Jamie, yeah, Jamie Lewis. You know, but again, Babyface is in a particular position because he is also a singer artist himself, and he is a super producer. Where Jamie Lewis are just super producers. 
Well, I mean, because all they would do is just play the songs they did, which is which is kind of like what Scott Storch and Manny Fresh did. Which right, they're both super producers. Neither one of yeah. those are artists on their oh, own. Okay. Right, you know what I'm saying? So at some point, it becomes unfair because then they're gonna be like, "Well, where's your songs that you sang on?" Like, oh, well, <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, if you haven't seen it, it's, they're not really people aren't really going on that, that at all. They're just looking at the beats and the jams, and sure. like I've seen actually people put together. Um, scorecards where they the songs that they went at and marking which one was better. I, I'm telling you, if you can find it, go look at the uh, Manny Fresh Scott Storch battle. Scott Storch, Scott which people Storch got on up. paper would torch Manny Fresh. I'm sorry. No, uh, no, 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 no. What? He didn't. He did not. He did not. One, he got called out on. It's like, yeah, you played the songs that you quote unquote produced, but nah, nigga, you played the pianos on that shit. Stop it. You didn't produce it. And then it's like when you listen to what Scott put out, and then you hear Manny stuff. Manny, to me, and to a whole lot of people, everybody's like, "No, Manny won that." You just hear it. I, I, don't, be, and I then, don't see. And then on top, on top of that, Scott has nothing that touches back that ass up. He has nothing. Still Drake? No, no. Respect to it, but no. I, I guess. Hey, I don't hey, know. I'm, to me, I, I I think they're both. I just from what I remember of Scott Storch, his shit. Is the he got mad hits, man, and his shit crosses all these different types of genres. I, I just I don't and I and that's my lack of knowledge on Manny Fresh. I just see him as a purely hip hop producer. I don't know if he did R and B type stuff or club stuff, but I don't know. Scott Storch a bad motherfucker, man. And I know you count me again, but whatever. I I said that the one people want to see is Dre versus Kanye. Or Dre versus Pharrell. I, I'm not a Kanye person, but I would. I kind of do want to see it because I want Kanye to get his ass handed to him. Yeah. I, and again, as far as I know, these aren't these aren't that type of battles. Like they're not. I think the only one I've seen clips of that they look like they went the wrong way was uh, was it Neo? could have sworn I saw these two artists and they were just going in on each other and it got ugly. It was an R&B artist. Wasn't, you know, uh, I have to look it up. And they were going at each other in the songs like, oh, your shit ain't real shit, nigga. I can't think of who it was. It, they were not top line artists. I, didn't uh, didn't uh, Neo Jonta Austin? Is that, is that the one? R&B yeah. songwriter battle. Jonta Austin. I'm not Versus sure who, who he is. Neo. Maybe that was the one. They was it was seemed like it was talking kind of crazy, like it wasn't really in the spirit of fun. They started getting into some like, come on, y'all, stop it. <laughs> but you know, hey, uh, a, a, a song battle with Prince, or who else? I'm not even want to focus on Prince. So just to think again, who else would I love to see do something with me like and Mariah? That could be fun. I don't know both of their stuff that well, but that would be interesting. Um, it's people that I would be, I would see his actually, I would love to see Babyface go against. Babyface and Raphael Sadiq. Because I think it would be educational because people sleep on Raphael. <laughs> but when you stack them songs, you're like, he wrote that one, he wrote that one, God damn. Same with Teddy Riley is. There's a lot of people that don't know the, the full extent of Teddy Riley. They just think of the New Jack Swing, but that motherfucker, as I've said many yeah. times, he is 
the man. He is the culture. He, he done he done sculpted hip hop production and R and B and work with all the greats. Anybody that can pull, I got Michael Jackson, I got Prince, Dougie, Big Daddy Kane, Bobby Brown, uh, you know, Key Sweat. Uh, and then I mean, he gets to his own stuff. Yeah, Black Guy, Street. Black Street. All oh, this shit. Next to the fact. Yeah, dude, he's he's out. James Ingram. Nigga, I, across the board. Like, he that nigga. So, and he got bangers from beyond bangers. He, and he, come on, man. That's why I said, I don't know, baby. baby. Yeah, I, I said the know. same thing. I <laughs> <laughs> when I looked, I looked at Babyface tracks, I'm like, they're all ballads, and this is good stuff. But then I looked at Teddy Riley, I was like, oh, this could get bad. Well, see, the thing with Teddy, which is what Anthony brought out in his post yesterday, because when I first heard of this, I'm like, oh, man, Teddy, don't even try it. Then I was like, I don't know. And he starts listing different acts that he's worked with. Like, for instance, I didn't know for years that uh, the show was his. I had no yeah, clue. Oh, my gosh. Whereas with, with Baby That's going to blow people's a, mind when he plays yep. that one. Well, some people's a, mind, I should say. It's not a diss on Babyface at all. But when you hear a Babyface production, you hear Babyface. Because I think of the song he did with Eric Clapton. That was like a Babyface song. Whereas with Teddy, the show sounds nothing like Rump Shaker, which sounds nothing like Let's Chill, which sounds nothing like Remember the Time. So I, I got to well, go with Teddy on that. I kind of got to give you some pushback because you got to remember Waiting to Excel soundtrack. That to me is his masterpiece. He had what, nine different artists and very distinct styles. And each song, in my opinion, was very different and true to those artists. Yeah, Who's not, on I, that soundtrack besides Whitney? You got Aretha Franklin with uh, How Come It Hurts So Bad. You got Mary J. Blige with Not Gonna Cry, which was the woman's anthem of the 90s. You got oh, yeah. uh, Sitting Up in the Room with Brandy. Um, you got another Tony Braxton. I can't think of the name of it, but you got another Tony Braxton song, a TLC song, and uh, a Faith Evans one, Kissing You, which was, which was an underrated hit there. I've not listened to that soundtrack in in a minute. Dude, but I'll say listen this to about, it. It's a masterpiece. I'll say this about a lot of the Babyface stuff. You can tell a Babyface song by the way he produces and shapes his choruses. That's the giveaway. I'm not saying it's bad by any stretch, but you can tell the way he does it. That's a Babyface yeah, I mean, song. They, they have both distinctive type of styles that evolve, yeah. but uh, you know, one of the things I always looked at uh, and I said the impact because Teddy, he he made everybody want to sound like him. His production style, his his production style became the sound. Like your records had to have that Teddy style. When you can have Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis mimic your shit, and then everybody else following suit, they got to have that New Jack Swing sound. That's to me. That's something culturally. That dude, he he shaped the shit. You know, I don't know if Babyface, where people wanted to sound like a Babyface record so much, but you definitely remember New Jack Swing was the thing. Like, all records had to sound like that. You weren't going to chart. They had records that had fake Teddy sound effects in the song where you thought that he produced it 
Because somebody said, yep. And then the fake, yep. Yeah. I was like, did that tell you? He didn't even do that. Yep, one. yep. You had motherfucker, my, my, you know, guys I really like, uh, DJ Eddie F. Whole style. Uh, just to sound like Teddy. I mean, uh, with the, uh, what's that TV show? Living Sunk, Living Single, the theme song. Uh, Heavy D shit. That was shit just made to sound like some Teddy shit. The songs of Eddie F, that was his whole style. But you got to remember, Babyface, he did a lot of uh, Boys to Men, End of the Road. I think uh, um, I'll Make Love to You. Yeah, yeah um, big joint. Get, big, big. Uh, don't Be Cruel. That's going to be one he's going to pull out. But then he's uh, going to pull right out the my prerogative. I got beef with uh, Boys to Men, though, because I saw that clip. Of, what was that guy's name? Oh, jeez. It's driving me crazy. Young you talking about, cat. Are you talking about Dallas Austin? Yes. Yes. See, I got beef with a uh, boyfriend behind that. They're, they're trying to clown baby face. Like, man, you better shut up and take this song. Shit. Yeah, but all Speak- these dudes are super dope, man. Like, Speaking of Dallas Austin, he slept on too. I'd love to see him against uh, one of the producers, maybe even against JD. That would be kind of nice. That would be. It would be, and they well, they you know they have their own label together now. Oh, really? Nah, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I, and, it, and what's really great about this, to your point that she spoke earlier, is that people are rediscovering the music, or pe- it's being exposed to people for the first time. Yeah, it's a new play. I mean, to me, you know, like I go back to D Nice. I only, I really just know D Nice from. They call me D Nice. It's not the, Wait, it's not that's the same you know. dude. Yeah. Man. Damn. What, what, how many other D Nices they gonna be? Goddamn. Hey, I mean, we got two <laughs> Nazis now, so come on. Stop. We no, they don't. No, they don't. I'm just saying. Bro, I'm just no, saying. No, they don't. Stop. I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, that's how. So I always knew D Nice is BDP to me, like looking down production. So the fact that he is a celebrity. DJ, and then he does does this, and he has all the attention in 2020. That is just dope to me. Like, dude, still moving forward the culture, man. He's always been in the game, and so yeah, it's a great it's great opportunities, man. People are doing just doing the shit that they normally do, you know, and just ain't stopping. Doesn't matter if there's a quarantine or the, there's gonna be a way to, to to get our shit off. So salute to the people, man. And I love that. Yeah, Teddy. Now Teddy. Has opportunity because to me he's been very underrated in the last few years. You don't really to me he should be just as much shine as any of these other artists and then shape the culture. So now this is opportunity for him and Babyface to be on Front Street. Everybody want to watch. It's a captive audience type of thing. This is great, man. Okay, great. Here's here's my uh, wretched moment of the of the show. Um, I got to give him props. He married Melinda, fine ass Melinda Williams in 2008. Yes, he so. did. Yes, Go he ahead. Did. D nice. Go ahead. That was nice. All right. Uh, yeah. Now, the, now to keep it all the way ratchet, and we're, we're so far away from Prince right now, but uh, where do I see this going if, if this thing continues on? And, and we already kind of see this anyway. You know, <laughs> shout out to Bootsy. Boozy. Boozy. But they'll, they'll, they'll have the Twerk it offs battle, oh, no. twerk battle. You, no. you, you know that's where it's going. You know uh, how many? You know I don't know who you're gonna get. It's like Superhead versus <laughs> Brittany well, Renner. Twerk actually, so that would be a, 
I don't know. You're going to get some of these big booty. <laughs> you get some of these chicks, they're going to have the twerk offs. Then when it gets really down to the desperate, they'll have the, the blow offs and the, how many did you smash offs? And that's when you get lower, lower tier. But yeah. sex you, workers are struggling you, right you know, now, so they're gonna find where, a way. Yeah, that's where it's going to have the. Tw- and I and I say the, uh, actually, the, you know what? It'll be fun, in the pure funness of it. And I, this is such a great opportunity. They should have the actor version. Like I would love to see like Lorenz Tate, and like I don't know Tay Diggs. Nigga, let's get Denzel on there. Just to have them on there, just to against somebody else, you know, it would be just dope. Like let's list off all the movies you. Let's get the director popping. You know, Spike would be down. Mm. Spike, yeah. And, oh, um, Spike you know, versus Tyler Perry. That would be dope. <laughs> they could do it in, in the spirit of fun. And be like, you know, I dropped it. Oh, when I came out, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think that would be so fly. To me, it's just a way to celebrate the culture. It's to celebrate both involved in the works that they've done and be like, yo, we're clapping for you right now. You here, we're clapping for you. Get that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, remember this? Yeah. So I just think it would be dope if we extended it out, man, because a lot of these cats have been putting in a lot of work. I would love to get a knee along up there with the Vivica. So, you know, just something, not, not even about blowing each other out, but just to be able to make a list all of the achievements and show clips or something. And be like, oh, remember that scene? Yeah, oh, shit, that was dope. Or you get Spike, and you get, like, somebody who could stand in for John Singleton, man. That would be so fly. Like, y'all remember? Get Ice Cube up there, right? Yeah. That would be tight. Yeah, you you stole my thunder, because I was thinking, like, Ice Cube would be dope. And I'm like, okay, when do you think the rap's off is going to happen? You imagine Jay-Z and Cube going at it, or Jay-Z and Rakim? Big Daddy Kane and Rakim. Oh, yeah, we could do the so 2020 cold. rap battles. So cold. That should do that, man. And just in the spirit of, you know, get your bars up. It ain't about, you know, talking shit. That's why, you know, the rap, I'm not, so I wouldn't want it to be like the rap battles that happen. Nigga, when I see your mom, I'm busting in the face. And when I, and I get my pull a shotgun out and blast your head. Nigga, let me catch you on the street, nigga. I'm both, you know, stop. Stop, y'all. That's just too violent and this degradation. Oh, just straight bars just for the spirit of the culture, not like we slamming each other. That's why, I would, again, uh, his voice may not be there, but nigga, get DOC up there because he got so many raps and all the big songs that you know that you didn't think he wrote. And you can, that's why I was the other night, man, I was listening to some uh, MC Breed, for y'all who remember that, who that is. Um, in the future in the front yeah, in your front in his second album uh he and he got doc to to write all his shit and to help him produce it and you listen to it you it sounds exact it, it, it was right after the current chronic came out so it has that production style but his raps sound just like Dre and Snoop and all that, but then you when you really listen to it, they sound just like DOC because that's the DOC style. Like he wrote all those songs, so it. it you know, I was listening, to it, I was like, "Damn, no wonder I really like this shit." This nigga wrote all this. It's just the exact same style. I, I think his 
that album fully, and then the album that came after that, DOC wrote some of the songs on that as well. But just as, I mean, you go back and look at everything that he's done, all that shit on the chronic, doggy style. That motherfucker is, he is the fucking pen of all of that, that shit, man. Like, he's dope. Uh, y'all can go ahead and clown me for this, but speaking of people that you didn't know was writing stuff, um, Jay Z, that dude, yeah. I was listening to Foxy Brown's album, and if, and she said a line, and I was like, wait, but that sounds like Jay-Z. That sounds like some shit Jay-Z would say. And then my ass went to Wikipedia and there's Carter, 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 Carter. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that man is good because that damn sure seemed authentic to her. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, dude, these are super talented dudes, man, and was talented enough to be able to I always felt like it would be so intimidating to rap somebody else's shit in their style, but I you got to give it up to the person rapping too to be able to mimic a flow of a you know super talented type of rap like Jay Z say he rapped this <laughs> huh <laughs> okay <laughs> like it's the same with Dre or something like we know Dre didn't write that shit but I give Dre credit like that motherfucker make you think he wrote that. I mean he yeah, could rap yeah. that shit rapping Cube shit and all this even Easy E is like damn he probably can't rap for shit. But he rapped, they was able to tweak it good enough where you was like, damn, you thought he was better than them niggas. And they the one wrote it. <laughs> it was, he was more popular than they were. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're going way out. So, so, so what you're telling me is, is you have a little bit of respect for Cardi now, right? For who? Cardi B, right? Why would I have respect for Cardi B? <laughs> Jay wrote her rhymes? No, I don't understand. No, I was just saying you said people being able to, to you said she don't even knock it up for not writing her own no, stuff. No, I'm saying because she was yeah. working with a super talented rapper who I would be intimidated to try and rap like that person. I don't know who she's trying to rap like, but they can keep that shit as far as But hey, I'm not, I'm not speaking on her music because I don't know her music. I ain't never really heard it like that. I just talk about her antics. But I, yeah, so, I, thought, I, I thought I had a win success. there. That's yeah. all right. But anyway, um, yeah, man. Getting the, the the battles are very nice. Um, oh, we're talking about producing. I mean, it's the same way like with Prince. I mean, obviously, when you listen to Prince records, you know, like in the eighties and stuff, they was Prince records. They just had to get somebody else to sing over it. Uh, but I, you know, I wasn't really into Prince at, the, at that time when the time was, you know, the second album was out and all that. I would have had no idea. I would have never thought that they sound like Prince records. That's me. Maybe there were some who did and could see. Oh, yeah, that. But I, I mean, he does the way he does stuff, I guess, is the way all of them do. Like, here, listen to this, learn it, and you're going you gonna to sing it. You're just going to sing it the way I do it. I think it becomes more apparent with Prince. Like, I think when the family record came out, it was more like, okay. I, in my mind, I thought, man, they're trying to sound like Prince, not really knowing, knowing the connection. But I always thought, man, they're trying to sound like Prince too much. But obviously, they ain't trying to. They, they is sounding like Prince. That's his shit. Like, they, they're forced to do it that way. Um, I used to say that sometimes with Sheila. I was like, man, she really, <laughs> she thinks she Prince. But now I understand. Like, yeah, he was dictating every <laughs> goddamn nook and cranny, dance, movement, everything, you know, so. Yeah, I, I swore up and down that when I heard Love Bazaar, I swore up and down that was Prince. 
And then I saw Crush Groove and that white dude was singing his part. I was like, oh, oh okay. Oh, my bad. Now, if it was now, the, yeah, if it was in the in the, the 2000s, I would, I would, I could have easily have seen Prince say, I'm going to get that, let me get that Justin Timberlake check and get that white dude that was on the Crush Groove thing and, and just have him do a whole album. <laughs> <laughs> and it'd be like, he is, I guess that's what the family necessarily might have been in, in some sense with St. Paul, but I could easily see that been the push. Like I would, I'll sing, I'll make these songs. I'm, like, I'm going to give him the songs I would have done and just have him re-sing. And on one hand, that's, let's go back to the family again. I can see the reasoning behind that. I just think it came at a time when it was almost too much Prince out there. Like that whole sound, everybody was doing it. So it was just like, this is just another record that sounds like it's in that Prince style. And you're not knowing that he really is associated with that group. So you just think it's almost like a knockoff in a way. Because listening to that record, that shit was dope as hell. But I, I'm speaking of myself. I didn't really know, no. I mean, I knew it was on Paisley Park, but I wouldn't have known that he wrote all those songs and like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know it was that deep of a connection. I just thought, oh, these are more funky-ass people from Minneapolis and Prince putting them on. But if I would have knew, oh, this shit is written and produced by Prince, I would have really, I think more people would have been more geeked to, like, pay more attention to it. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? That's a good point. I, I don't know, because I think, like, back then, unfortunately, uh, my whole thing was the artists that were being showcased on MTV, America's Top 40, Friday Night Video. So I didn't care about finding those uh, those associated acts, so to speak. It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't have had any effect on me. Mm. It would have for me because I remember when, when Sheena Easton came out with Sugar Walls, I didn't know, you know, factually that it was Prince, but there was something like, wait a minute. This this sounds familiar. And then back in the day, you know, I was all about reading liner notes. So I, I went out and got the twelve inch. I'm looking for his name, not seeing it. And then I'm like, wait, I'm like, wait a minute, let me look a little deeper. Alexander Nevermind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Same thing with the Bengals. Okay, Joey Coco, Christopher. See, I think those songs were known to be Prince songs at that time, even though they, those names uh, were pseudonyms. Bengals was, but I don't think she needs to was. I, I knew this. I, I, I'm pretty sure that was the word that that was a Prince song. And, and everyone knew, yeah, that's the name he's using. This is not some unheard, some dude you ain't never heard of who just dropped a banger. <laughs> I remember like that was, that's why I paid attention to that song. Because I probably would have never been up on it. But I, I get what you're saying. But I think those two were known. That's my point. I'm saying, like, if you knew he did those, you're going to get some attention as opposed to the stuff when he just sneaks it out. And they don't reveal that that's his, you know, if it just says just by the family, people are like, oh, okay, it sounds cool, but it's not Prince. So I'm not even going to bother looking at it. I think if they would have, if it would have said that that was, if it would have billed that as produced by Prince, I think they would have been huge. Because it would have been, you know, pay attention to it. Like, oh, shit. I remember when uh, Madhouse came out. You know, it was on Paisley, mm -hmm. and everyone's like, "Man, the buzz was like, man, this is Prince, this is Prince." And I got it. I'm like, I don't hear Prince. <laughs> right. Yeah. See, I didn't know he did that, but I knew. I just remember was it Mark Goodman. 
I saw the little report in her Week in Rock or, or the little news segment they would have between the videos. It's like, yeah, this new jazz thing from Paisley Park came out. I was like, oh, shit, let me check that out. But if I would have known that was Prince... My head would have blew open. I mean, I thought the record was dope, but I would have never just thought in my mind, like, that's that nigga. Like, maybe he's playing on the guitar part or something. But it would have said, no, that's all him? I think that shit would have flew off, this, flew off the shelf. And every time you mention Mark Goodman, I, I think of you know who. <laughs> who is this? Bowie. <laughs> oh, that video. <laughs> <laughs> Came with his interview and clowned him. <laughs> Bowie was Bowie's the opposite of that scared straight chick with the head nod. He's just a stare down. Yeah, Bowie just clowned that dude. It's like, really? <laughs> really, huh? Okay. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yes. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, and I can understand why Prince is like, I want to separate these things. I don't want people to know this is me. I want them to judge it on their own so they could be. But the same way, just think if you would have really, if, if the time records said produced by Prince, would it have been a hindrance or would it have been like, this motherfucker is cold, bro. Like he got his own shit and then this nigga is a fucking jam master. How, <laughs> he produced this nigga? It would have made more. It could, I could see how you would have probably been like, okay, but God damn. I wonder if it would have brought more attention though, or would have just made it more seem like, uh, ah, that's just Prince. I don't, I, I'm curious. I don't know what you guys think. If, if, we'd have, if it would have said produced by Prince, I would have thought it one of those cases where a relatively new cat is out there trying to do too much. You know, trying to get his name out there on other people's stuff. Now, having said that, when I heard the song, The Stick, I'm like, that's Prince. Because I can hear his vocal in the song. You knew that back in the day? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. But, you know, again, you know, you don't want to see one person's name over everything. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I didn't. That would have turned me off. Okay. See, I think, uh, now I didn't, I wasn't even listening to The Stick back then when it came out, but. Like of seven seven nine three eleven, and it said produced by Prince. Like it's a, it'll be one thing if it was the name all over the place, but it's another thing when they drop in heat. <laughs> like shit, <it's> heat. <laughs> like God. Like yeah, I, I wanted to not give him his props, but God damn, that's a bad motherfucker. Like this nigga, he got nineteen ninety nine out, and he got this song out banging. Like God damn. But yeah. I mean, obviously, we know it's Prince now, but um, but I think that's why I feel like they should re-release those records. Like, those are bangers. Like, I don't, not necessarily that they need a remaster, but even they just a fresh coat of paint. I guess they did re-release Ice Cream Castles, right? Maybe they re-released. All, I just feel like they should give the same big push as all the other shit. Like, yo, the the time box set. You dig like all in one, and then we putting you know uh, sideline tracks that they're not putting on the Prince stuff. <laughs> like these niggas had heat, you know. This was Prince, and this was, and we building it as this was Prince, you know. Time, 
But they, that way, they don't have to sell off no asset. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Um, I think I had something else. This is going to be a long show, but that's okay. That's okay. We got, I think, I, I heard that most of us got a lot of time to kill. So, <laughs> ain't got the now, like, not like my black guys. I'm going to work every day. I wish I could uh, stay home, but that's another show. Um, the Parade album. Parade album was released back in March 31st, 1986. Think back to where you were in 19... Where were you at in 86, uh, Ampu? Hello? Did we lose him? I guess so. Well, where, where were you at, uh, Big Six? I was living in Sacramento in Sutter Hall. Room 128. Hmm. That was my first semester as a 20-year-old, 20-year-old college freshman. Damn. Okay. He was in college back then. I was in, well, I was in Seattle. <laughs> I must have been, what, all of 15, 14, 15? Uh, living at home. Uh, going to... Middle school. So I was in middle school at the time. And uh, yeah, that album, I don't even remember. I don't think I, I, I certainly didn't have the album like the day it came out or anything like that. Um, I think I got it maybe a couple of weeks after that. <clears throat> and I distinctively remember my stepdad, he had uh, tore out. An article out of the paper or some magazine or something. And I remember him giving it to me and it was like, and it was a review of the parade album. And he knew I like Prince. He's like, oh, it's a new Prince thing. And I was like, oh, this is out. And I was like, obviously, I knew Kiss at the time. And that's when I went to go buy it. And I was like, okay, let me go buy this. And I remember getting the record. If I remember correctly, I was, you know, it was, it threw me for a loop initially. Uh, Cause again, I'm coming off of really starting to dive into Prince. You know, I, I think at this time I had controversy. I went back and got controversy, dirty mind, I believe. Actually, no, I don't know if I got dirty mind at this point yet. Can't remember, but you know, it had purple rain and, Around the world in the day, and all those twelve inches at that time, and then the kiss. I was like, "Wow, he's another jam." Kiss, you know, love or money. And then when just dropping the needle when it first starts, I didn't know what to make. I was like, "Wow, this this is some way out here." Shit, like you have to, you have to really sit down and listen to it. It wasn't like a easy. I know what this is. I didn't know what that was. You know, he was using different sounds and stuff, and I just was blown away by it. And it's like, wow, this, you have to sit down and pay attention to this dude. He's not giving you all the stuff I heard before. He's not giving that to you. This on some other shit. And I was like, damn. This, and just looking at the pictures, I remember, you know, you open up the, was it, was it an open one? Or you, I remember that collage picture? I think that yeah. was on the sleeve. I was just so fascinated the way he looked so different from how we had seen him before. I was like, wow, 
he looked like almost a different person or something. Like, this dude is fascinating. Like, the, the shit he has on is just like, whoa. I was blown away by it, man. It was uh, a very interesting uh, piece of work at the time. I just didn't know what to make of it. And then, of course, you see the movie. And I think the things that really st stuck with me, though, were the, um, the premiere party on MTV, Sheridan, Wyoming thing. Yeah. And seeing, and this was the, for me, it was the first time really seeing him like, because I always just remember Prince from the Purple Rain premiere and the movie. He's a very sort of like serious, seemed like a very serious guy. And it's not, he didn't smile. <laughs> but then when you saw him on that premiere party, when he's walking around and, you know, I feel with my hands, Martha, and just smiling and goofing, I was like, is this the same? This dude is cool. Like, this dude is hilarious. Like, you just see, I was just like, wow. Uh, and then the performance at the end uh, was what blew me away. I was like, God damn. I was like, this sounds, it's the songs he's, the songs I've heard before, but they're done in a way I never would have, this shit is funky. And dude was like, uh, his stage presence was just ridiculous. I was like, damn. I remember I, I taped it on VHS and I would just watch it over and over. I was like, damn. And I was mad that it would cut off. <laughs> I was like, he's about to get funky. They turn it off. I'm like, what the fuck? But, uh, yeah, man. Um, what, what, are your, what are your thoughts on the album now, though? Like, how do you look at Parade now? I, Ann, are you back? Yes. Sorry. Yes, I am. So, <clears throat> yeah, I was asking, what are your thoughts on the parade album? Uh, when I when I first heard it, I had like, of course, I was a, a single hoe. I'm gonna say it. When I say that, I mean huh? like I only listen to the singles. Oh, okay. And that's I the only like, one. That's why I say I'm a hoe for the single. Okay, I, mean, I was like, <laughs> I was like, man, is he was in some child uh, enslavement, <laughs> Thailand type shit? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, I listened to Girls and Boys, Kiss, and Mountains. Uh, I didn't. Uh, I heard another Lover Holding Your Hand on the album. That was the only one on the album that I really got into. But again, as I got older at, at the time, as I got older and started going back and listening to all these albums, tracking down all the singles for me. And yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Prince Arm, Prince Purple Army, getting your feelings for me. This is the most accessible and easiest to listen straight through album of Prince's album. I even, really? I rated really? number one sometimes over Sign of the Times and Purple Rain and 1999. Yeah, I do. I can, I, maybe it's because there's a lot of short songs when you look at Christopher Tracy Parade, New Position, I Wonder You, Venus de Milo, Do You Lie. Um, they're all under three minutes. So you, you get in, absorb it, move on to the next one. And for me, I can drop the needle on this or press play from Christopher Tracy's Parade. And I would sit there, I think it's about an hour and 10, hour and 20. Could be wrong on that, on my math there. And I'll listen to the whole thing straight through. It's just the easiest album. And it's just and it's just so much. You get something funky. It's, it's a 40-minute album. Oh, well, I'm waiting. Damn. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting that you feel like you're in it for an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And, and, and that short? Hey, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it does what it needs to do, man. Yeah. And the thing is, is that you go from up-tempo to ballads to rock. Well, you get one rocker 
and then you get um, um, funky stuff. It's just so much different um, music there. That this for me, I love this album. I always put it number one because it's just so um, fast and, and just you just uh, engaging. Where I'm just listening all the way through. Um, <clears throat> back in the day, being that whole for singles, I, I'd always say it was Kiss was the best song in the album. Now I go between uh, Life Can Be So Nice, Another Love A Hole In Your Head, and Sometimes It Snows In April. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the songs on this album are phenomenal. The only, only bad thing, I've, if I had to say anything bad about this album, I just wish that the songs weren't edited down. Um, yeah. That's yeah. my only thing. Like, And I can understand why they did it, but to me, this, this is why I would love for this to be re-released and they do the album proper, but then also play the, have the songs where it's the full song. Like those songs are, you know, mountains are ridiculous. Uh, another lover holding her head. If there was one song they shouldn't have edited on the record, that would have been the one to me. Like that would have just been the, aside from kiss, that would have been like that jam, like, you know, which have been ridiculous. But uh, other than that, I think to me, this album is, that's interesting that you say this is most accessible. I, I don't see it that way, but uh, to me, this is the album where I think he was almost the most artistic, if I could say. Like, I felt like he really just shot for the fences in a way, like, and was like, it's just a, I can say cinematic, but just the way that he's using the Claire Fisher strings for the first time, really going all in. And then even just the different drum sounds um, that he's using and just some of the different stuff and, and the harmonies with the girls and different things. It just And the styles of the songs are so like different from at the time when I thought a Prince would be. Like he's stre- stretching out. Do You Lie to Me is one of his dopest songs to me. Like, And I could never, I, I still blows my mind like, damn, he, he created this shit. This shit is, on some other shit, man. Like, in, in 86, uh, Venus de Milo. I'm like, damn, this nigga got on his piano game. Like, this was early, and he was on some other shit. Like, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. I was like, damn. He and was, I could say yeah. that that's too short. <laughs> it, it is. It is. I could say it. Um, but he had he song? had other burners like like that. What's the song that was the it was the B side to Mountains? Um, um, Alexa de Paris. Alexa, yeah, man, like that's the shit he was on. To me, he was at a high level. It was that was really some madhouse shit. But it was it was more like less jazz per se, but more on some like soundtrack. Like he could have went a whole other direction with his shit if he wanted to. And still be the most funkiest cat in the game. <laughs> you know, anybody can do a song like Another Lover. And then turn it around and be doing some Venus de Milo type shit. And Do You Lie? That motherfucker is on a high frequency. Like, his production was so crazy at that time think about it. this is the guy who gave you like 1999 dmsr straight funk you know controversy and now he's doing this he would be so advanced 
almost as I said, almost too far advanced, but but it works. Like it's it's ridiculous. That's why I think this is his most like creative, like that's you know, just nuts. Uh since we're mentioning B sides, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention love or money. That was another yeah. one. Yeah. Hmm. Like he said in concert, I just got hits. Man, it's just bad. Yeah, man, super fucking creative, man. Like, new position. I wonder you. And of course, you know the story of him, you know, playing those first three songs. Start at the top and just playing the drums all the way through, and then coming back and doing this part and that part. The only thing I would say, and I'm curious, just my own sort of like, I love to hear the, the songs as they form themselves. I would love to hear these songs, and this is not said in a bad way, but without the uh, Wendy and Susanna vocals, and it was just his vocals, I would love to hear the songs like that uh, as well. And I would love to hear them if they just turned off the orchestra stuff, just to hear like the raw like Prince tracks. It was just him and the music. Because um, I think some of, sometimes I think some of the songs kind of get, some of the parts get drowned out because it's too much kind of going on. And I can hear like he's doing some shit. I can hear some of these songs is probably just straight like that Prince funk type stuff. And then they added all these other dope elements on top of it. But I'd just be curious to hear what they sounded like minus all of that. And it was just like when I hear a song like uh, like that song, Teacher, Teacher, for example, the way I used to always hear that, that bootleg, and then I to hear it, how it sounded without all those other, you know, just the regular shit with Prince that just came out in 1999. That shit, I was like, damn. That, he was a bad one. He didn't need nobody. <laughs> like, I get why he put all that on top of it, up in his game, but his just pure shit is dope as fuck. Like, you don't need I, I would love to just hear just with his shit, but that would be the only thing I would love to hear. But yeah, man, Prince, Prince of Bama. And, and I was, uh, I said this on the Discord, if you listen to Kiss with some headphones, like if you really, you can hear he's playing the chicken scratch guitar throughout the whole song, like in the, in the verses. I don't know if it's bleeding through his headphones if he's wearing headphones as he's doing his vocals or if it's just bleeding through the tracks and it's not all the way muted out, I don't know what they were using, but you can hear the, you can hear the guitar in there. And then as it gets to the middle part of the song, when he starts playing, you know, the ping ling obviously they, they're turning those tracks back on, but it'd be interesting to hear that song with those, if they brought that up and let it play. Um, I thought that was very interesting. And then the other thing I, uh, seem to notice for myself the song under the cherry moon i believe it is prince's prince whether he's inspired or i don't think he's blatantly trying to do it but that song to me is really uh his probably subconscious take of sly and the family stones uh, ah man i can't even think of the song now the boom 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 Sex machine? No, no, no. It's like a slow song. I 
Ah, I can't think of the title. Ah. <laughs> uh. I gotta look it up. Sorry, folks. You're gonna have to. You're looking up. Not not. Bow, 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 no, it's bow. like a, it's. Uh, it's either on the Riot album or the album or the Stand album. What? Just like a baby. Go listen to the song "Just Like a Baby" by Sly, and listen to uh, "Under the Cherry Moon." I could hear it being like, again, you have to really listen to, listen to the rhythm of it. And of course, you know, in context, that song, Just just Like a Baby, was created way long time. So studio techniques are way different and then the advancements of technology are way different. So Prince's sounds aren't going to sound exactly like that. But I I can see how he's got that rhythm of it. And that would be like his version of, I want to do a song like that. The way, the way they sang it, it, it really fit together. And I only say that because I can hear a lot of sly stuff in Prince's music, the way he plays it, uh, the way he sings, and the way he makes his voice sound so reminiscent of Sly Stone. Uh, but I never really caught that before because I never, because I've listened to him back to back on an odd reason. And I was like, fuck, this. And knowing how Prince was so heavy in his life, you could really hear it. It was very interesting to me uh, and fascinating because I think Prince at his best is the guy that can take other shit and put it through his lens. And the way that it comes out when he does it is, you know, it's like, whoa, this, this dude's like, he, he like he warps it into the most funkiest, you know, way of doing it. And it would be a way you would never think to do. Like, he's that guy that he don't think like nobody else. So he'll hear something in the way he interprets it. It is so like, I was like, damn, okay. Nobody else would do some shit like that. And you freaked it. And I think this whole, all of this shit is like that. No matter what the genre of music is like. Oh, okay. They doing disco or the okay? Why? Not? Yeah, I'm gonna do my yeah my shit version of it. Or oh, you doing R and B? Yeah, let me yeah you do Stevie. Watch how I do some Stevie shit or you know or some Sly or some or some Hendrix. Are you like Hendrix? Watch. You, I think you can look at a lot of his shit. And it was through his lens. He just took other shit and reshaped it and freaked it. Sign Sign Times album. That's all slide to me, like the whole fucking thing. It's like, oh, let me do my version of this. Let me show you how how we really get down. Some of it you can say is spot on. Some of it is sneaky, a sneak way of doing it. But he he does his shit in the most beautiful way. Anyway, parade does parade stand the test of time? Ooh, hell yeah, it does. Hell yeah, it does. Um, even the concerts, man. I was just about to say that. Stole yeah. my thunder, sir. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, like, if you're looking for the long-form versions of those songs that we like to hear perfectly mastered in our headphones and that proper album release, then go track down the Stockholm, the Paris, the uh, Detroit Birthday Show, and the uh, Yokohama Show, which, in my opinion, has the best 
live performance of Purple Rain ever. I know that's not Parade, but I'm just letting you guys know that. Um, those th- those shows are amazing. And when he lets <clears throat> Life Can Be So Nice ride out and uh, New Position, it's just fucking amazing. Mm. Yeah, man. That, that, that Prince Live at that period is such... It's like a whole new thing. You know, like it's a different look. The band is expanded. He added Wally and all those guys. And just the presentation of it is so different from the Purple Rain tour and look. Like, you know, I was just thinking the other day, I was like, when you look at the confidence of Prince versus his stage presence in the Purple Rain, which was spectacular, but this is to me where I think he just. Mm-hmm. He mastered it like the confidence was just exuberantly just overflowing and like he knew the band was the shit and he knew everything. But to me, it was like this is where he knew he was the shit. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I and conquered the world of Purple Rain and I just came, you know, I came out, boom. But here's like, now I got money. <laughs> you did what I'm saying? Like, okay, now I'm rich as fuck. I'm funky as fuck, and ain't nobody else can fuck with me. Watch what I do. That's what, to me. It's like so when you just saw him visually, that's the nigga when you saw. And I wish somebody would do this this meme where it's like before you before you got that job, big, and then after when you when you got you got rich, like you're gonna look at him and like, okay, my man, he came into some money. <laughs> he cut his hair. All new clothes, tricked out, shit that you couldn't get nowhere. And, you know, wearing the most outlandish, you know, showing more of his body. When a nigga's showing his midriff, (laughs) (laughs) and he, you know, flares, I was like, that nigga's false. He on some others, you know, he on some, he got new money. The crew is expanding. He got his boys with him. Right, uh, they out there with him. I was like, okay, he's on some other shit, but it went a great way. Like, as I say, if you look at him visually, how he looked in Purple Rain, and then look at how he looked now as Christopher, he's another nigga. He, he's 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 Christopher Tracy. He ain't even Prince. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, he's almost like presenting himself as a whole new person. He's this nigga smiling. <laughs> you just show me how many Purple Rain pictures where he's got his teeth all out. Cheese and Kool Aid smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Except for if he's in tours on the sh- on concert, but none of the promo pictures. Nigga was mad serious. Like you know, he was on some gangster shit. He was mad, and, you know. But, but this this nigga cheesing and all kind of you know he's having a ball. So I just it, it's just uh it's just so great to see. And that's why I think for a lot of people that's their favorite time because it's like dude was like on some happy type. It was the shit, man. And then also, again, because he got more money, he going at niggas. Like, he confidently getting at niggas. You know, uh, salute to my guy, St. Paul. Talk all the time, but he got at St. Paul. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I'm going at this. <laughs> Low-key going at Morris and them, too. Like, uh, you know, so it was just like a very, in- well, not low-key. He did go at He was directly at Morris uh, on stage. You know, choppy. Oh, he got a hit song? Yeah. Nah, we, 
chop that shit down, make another dance on that. You know, so he was on his he was on his other shit, but it was beautiful because he brought a whole different presentation to it. And you, like I said, that confidence where I think he really became, he's like, I'm going to be on some show. I'm going to be that basically on that R&B showman review type shit. And we wearing suits. I'm not dressing. You know what I mean? Like for, for him to come off all that and say, yo, we going with the suit. Look, you know, we on some, you know, on some uh, high fashion nouveau, you know, uh, Wendy, you gonna wear this? Coat. You you gonna hear that? You know, we gonna be suited and booted up here. Uh, that was that was a bold move, and it works. Uh, I wish the movie was well more well received, but I, shit, he he was on some other shit. It was it's beautiful, man. I was like, damn, Christopher Tracy, I'm gonna be that player. He was he became a player. Like I'm gonna be a player. I'm gonna be the more. I'm gonna show Morris. I'm gonna do this shit like Morrison. This is how you do it, Morris. That's what he basically became. He's like, fuck, I'm gonna be on some, yeah. Jerome, all I got three niggas up here. <laughs> like, if, I would have wondered would the time would if they would have advanced to be on some shit like that if they would have stuck around and he would have had to be somebody else because they couldn't be two Morrises. You couldn't have Morris Day and Christopher Tracy. That would have been too much pimping. But imagine if that would have. What if Morris was still in the? I think we did a whole show about it. But the other, what if he didn't leave? Like, and he st- then it was like, okay, well, shit, you're going to be Morris. You got more money, so you're going to be on some next shit. I can't be the pimp dude, too, but maybe we just team up. Chris, the Christopher Tracy Morris out. No, I don't even ever do that, but that would be a cold. <laughs> then it would have really been two niggas, and it wouldn't have been tricky. It would have been Morris and Prince. In the words of my man, uh, was it Dollar Bill from Players Club? I just watched it on Netflix. Christopher Tracy and Morris and Prince going after these white bitches. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just talking shit. Anyway, (laughs) it's all jokes. But that would be that would be that would have been hilarious. I don't know if I think they would cancel each other out. That would be a little too much. (laughs) The sympathetic simp player, Christopher Tracy. That's right. And then just the gorilla Mac Morris Day. Like Tricky, because Tricky was not a simp. Tricky was about, yo, you tripping. <laughs> Nigga, you falling in love. <laughs> we out Are here supposed to, get to love bread. these hoes? Yeah, we out here to get bread, Chris. You out here <laughs> uh, fucking falling in love with these hoes. Come on now. You got the game fucked up. Chris, yeah, Christopher Tracy was all, he, he, he was simping, man. He he was first. He was hardcore, but then he fell. In, she put it on him. I guess she put it on him. This nigga fell in love, and then you know, white daddy wasn't happening. He already knew that because he was antagonizing him. But then he stole his his daughter. He was trying to get the bag. Then against the better judgment, he got killed. See, <laughs> tricky was like. No, you wrong. What he, what he says? No. 
Wow. <laughs> oh, Chris. I got way late. No, you got late. You, got- <laughs> you said it before. You said lead. What do you say, leader? You handle the money and leave draws to me. She had that backwards. <laughs> but but yeah, man, Christopher Tracy was a cold. He was a cold piece until he, you know he got caught up. But yeah, he was doing his thing out there, and he knew he was the shit. You the scene where he was got out the. Them niggas had caddies in. Just think about this niggas was running around. Was that a Cadillac Thunderbird in France, nigga? That was a Delta eighty eight. Yeah, what? <laughs> Why they bring that out there? They <laughs> <laughs> was stupid for that. They <laughs> was out there acting a fool. <laughs> they ain't gonna pay their rent. Please. Had the white girl all twisted up. They was making who ain't even paying rent. Paying a dick. That was true. That was true. Go ahead. <laughs> Some would say they was hustling. Oh no, they were. That's what I'm saying. They were. <laughs> okay. Christopher Tracy was a cold piece of work until he got caught up. Like, but Tricky stayed to the game. Tricky was to the game first, brag first, and that's why we, all the scenes you see with Tricky, he was going around. He was always trying to holler at the you know chicks and stuff. That was all he when they was at the little club. What was that? There was a dude. He had two chicks or something. Remember that one dude? He had them two chicks with him. There was a lot of players around that that little area they was at that had money. And it was really, you know, yeah, but Tricky was always, he was like, how you doing? I'm doing cool. How you doing? <laughs> counting. They was counting. This shit. Shh, shh, shh. Yeah. So we out here getting it back, Trick. Come on, Chris. <laughs> where, did they ever say where they were from? Like Detroit or something? I'm 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 thinking it's Miami. Weren't they trying to get back oh, to Miami? Oh, that's right. They was from Miami. It's, they was Miami niggas. <laughs> those are those ratchetest <laughs> trash. Yeah, ones well, that, you can see that in Tricky because he Tricky was yeah he was a wild he was a wild boy because he had I don't know if he was raised by I'm I'm not y'all know I'm joking raised by a single mother or something. <laughs> <laughs> Because he would kind of jump in and out of doing some, like, you know, more flamboyant type of talk. I don't know if that was a little joke between them or something, but he was a wild boy. But salute to Tricky, man. He was, he was a player in the game. He's, to the end, even if his boy went off script. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now I got to watch that movie again. <laughs> really analyze the moves that they was making. <laughs> what about man say? They got thrown out the parties. Like, how much money you making? <laughs> it was stupid. <laughs> but damn, you wear some cologne. <laughs> That's a funny movie, man. Ah, yeah, I mean, I think the third act kind of slows down a tad bit, yeah. but that that first two thirds, hilarious. Yeah, it's some funny shit. And they, when they go to the to the house trying to smash late at night, I was like, "What were they gonna? What was he doing?" I I, I have to remember. It was going up there to smash on the on the white lady or something. 
I'm sorry, where was this? Remember when they got the, got the ladder and they were sneaking up into the room? Oh, uh, I think he got set up by Mary. Oh, that's right. He thought he that's was going right. to see her, but it that's was her right. mom. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't wrote the script. You know, when I hear hit that in. To <laughs> 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 show you how ruthless Christopher okay, Tracy really is. <laughs> that is the game. <laughs> What song would he could have played for that one? Uh, shit, I don't know. Um, that was perfect. New position. New position. Yeah, okay. Well, I was thinking, <laughs> is there any other song that wasn't on the album that would have oh. been a cold move? Uh, Mary Claire, <laughs> Denise and Bell. Scarlet Pussy or Psychedelica? Uh, hey. He ain't got no like three way song. Uh, I did your mama songs in there. Prince ain't, Prince ain't go that way. <laughs> nah, he didn't do it. I hit it first. Nah, he did that. <laughs> I did your mama's song. <laughs> well, I mean, he got the sister song. You know, so I've been saying, he's a wild boy, man. <laughs> so I act like he wasn't a wild boy. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you brought that up. I was thinking back to the uh, the BET Prince tribute. I would love to know what that audience would have thought if somebody played sisters. Wow. <laughs> they probably wasn't even allowed that <laughs> too much. <laughs> uh anyway all right uh anything else that we think we got into more than we planned oh uh real quick i know i was gonna and we'll, we'll end it out with this i actually i'll go and find this and play it um the young lady from alabama shakes what's her name yes Brittany howard Brittany howard she has a great print story that she told on the Breakfast Club. Uh, that we'll we'll play it here. I'll grab that. But yeah, I, I, I was I didn't really know much about her before, but uh, watching that and listening to it made me want to go and, and seek her out. But I, I thought it was a really great you know <clears throat> story. Go ahead. I, when she first came out with Alabama Shakes and their, their big single, I forget the name of it. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it at all. And then I saw her do the breakdown on her solo tour i'm like okay she can play she's one of us because it's one thing you know to do purple rain or little red corvette she came out with the breakdown and tore it up i mean this was on the level of esperanza spaulding doing if i was a girlfriend it was that good okay okay yeah, and then, I, Go ahead. and then I watched that clip you're going to put up, learn a lot about her and, and where her influences come from and all this. I'm like, whoa, this 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 woman is real, man. She's heavy. Yeah, that's dope because I didn't, like I said, I didn't know anything about her and I had saw the title. So I was like, okay, let me, let me listen to this. And I just kind of let it play in the background. And then when she gets to the, to the print story, I'm listening to it. I was like, you know what? That is so dope. And I loved and appreciated you know the way that she appreciated having that opportunity and the way she described it and what it meant to her you know was a high point and couldn't believe it and just being there the way she described it i'm like that's that's a dope thing when i hear other artists talk about working with prince or being around them and there's people that we would never know like would have never known anything about that unless she said something because it's not someone that you necessarily would associate with Prince. Now, 
I, maybe the people that were at that show, obviously, at Paisley Park would know about it. But I, I love hearing these types of people that I just wouldn't even think to know about. And they have these cool print stories and just goes to show like dude was in tune with so much, you know, and he meant so much, particularly to like other musicians, like, yeah, uh, you know, especially when you're young and coming up and you, you've, you know, you know, Prince is and history of it and what he means to the game. And then when they reach you, when he reaches out to you, I love hearing that type of stuff, man. That's the, that's the stuff that that's the, to me, it's like, um, it's just like with anybody who's very uh, uh, influential and then the people that are in their field get that opportunity, almost like a once in a lifetime opportunity to be around that person or to, to get some game or just to observe. That's one of the most powerful like testimonies and sort of almost like, a, um, like I can imagine for her, she was like, you know what, if nothing, it, it don't matter what nobody else say. Prince, he done co-signed me. Like he knew who she said. I didn't even know he would know who I was. And the fact that he did, and like you know that stamp of approval, that's the success. For, I can see for a lot of musicians, like you know what, anything happens after that, I'm cool whether y'all like it or not. Like like this nigga, like <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it don't get no better than that. So it was dope. That was dope. All right. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, boy, gave you a long one to talk about, uh, to think about. There's a lot that we talked about in here. I'd love to hear what you guys think about the estate thing that we talked about earlier, the parade album, uh, the battles, you know, uh, we think about that. Um, so, yo, there you go. Big, sexy, and sack. Where can they find you online? <laughs> Same place as always. WSE Mark on Twitter, Facebook, Mark Wiggins. Instagram, Mark Wiggins 2, and there will be no Michelin star reviews up anytime soon. Damn. <laughs> All right. And poo. I mean, I don't understand why. Aren't those Michelin... Aren't those uh, restaurants still open? I mean, no. for uh, takeout? Ah, Some are, but the bulk of them are not. Oh, uh, okay. Well, Twitter and Instagram and Aunt Poo. All right, you got a full house, boy. I can, and you quarantine. <laughs> that's parenting. Yes, it is. I feel for you. I understand it. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, man, I hope that this brought some fun or at least something else besides Verona and all that to think about. Um, so hopefully that that helps you. And uh, yo, help us. Uh, you know, times are tough out here, as you already know. I'm on my preacher. Well, you better tie. <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. But if you can, join our Patreon page if you could. Uh, you can join for just as low as a dollar. Uh, but anything helps, uh, keeps things going. And but again, uh, but then again, I understand that it is it's wild out here right now. But if you get that corona check, slide us a dollar. How about that? <laughs> the stimulus package. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yo, have a great time, a great day. And oh, lastly, uh, I'm going to say work like a job. But also, you know what? You're at home. Yeah, you're going to watch your TV. That's what they want you to do. But this is a perfect time to pick up a book. Remember those? This is, the, this is a great time to pick up a book and get some reading in, man. So, And it's also a perfect time 
to maybe do some shit that you never, you didn't used to do. You didn't have time to do. Maybe you want to start your own podcast. Maybe you want to start a blog or whatever. This is the perfect time to do it. Uh, Cause if you don't do it now, chances are you probably weren't going to never do it. No way. But now that you don't have an excuse, Hey, I'm challenging you do it. So with that said, working like a job, we'll Work see you next school. time. Peace. You had the chance to jam out with Paul McCartney too, right? Yeah. Paul McCartney. That is there anything that could top that Prince? Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, but I feel you, Prince. Actually, like, it did happen. Oh, you jammed oh, out with oh, Prince. Oh, Prince. I did jam with Prince. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yep. Uh, was wow. it at his house? It was at Paisley Park. Damn. How was that? It was the best day of my life. Talk us. Tell us about it. I'll walk you through it. So. Please. Get this better phone. be as good as Charlie Murphy's. Get the- <laughs> 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 Never mind. Oh, you <laughs> tell us who else is no, there. Tell us about it. Walk us through it. Walk us through it. Did you pay back? Walk us through it. Okay. So we get this phone call. It was like Prince's assistant. He was like, yo, Prince wants y'all to come play Paisley Park. Can y'all make it happen? Yep. <laughs> all right. Word. So the buses pull up. They're like, all right, no smoking, no cussing, no no meat. We're like, okay, we're going to break all them rules, but feel you. I got you. So we go up to the room, and we're just sitting around. It's this huge complex. They were like building a stage of a motorcycle hanging from the ceiling, I think. It, just a just a wild place. They were showing um, a children's movie <laughs> on a projector. What was that movie? What was that movie? Yeah, Anyways, so I was like, "That's weird, but okay." So we go do our sound check and everything, and then this guy, um, hit Prince's assistant, was like, "Hey, Prince would like to meet you," and I was like, "Ooh!" And guess who else heard it? The whole rest of the band. So like, fifteen of us <laughs> are walking through his um, his home, and we walk to this room that had purple carpet and this really strange '90s piano, really hot in there, and then all the walls are painted like a sky. And then we take a left, and there's just like this long hallway, and it's just got these like photos that have been printed onto wood that are different images of him throughout the years. It was like 1992, and he's like, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we the take a right, hair. and there's Prince. He's in the studio. He's wearing all beige, got like a little hoodie on. And um, I was like, hey, Prince. He's like, hey, how you doing? Real deep voice. I was like, I'm good. You know, I don't know what to talk to Prince about. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're all in there and everybody just kind of sitting there like, you know, nobody knows what to say. So I'm like a nervous talker. So I just started talking to him. I don't remember what I talked to him about. But I remember him being really funny. I remember him. I wouldn't say he was shy. I just say he's like real measured. You know, he just waits to speak. So he's like, I'd like to play with, on one of y'all songs. And I was like, really? What song? And he said, I'm going to play that song. Give me all your love. Okay. What key's that in? F sharp. All right, I'm going to go work on something. I'm going to be out there. Okay. So it's time to do the show later, right? Now, so who's I, at the show? Just random people or? Yeah, they announced it, and then whoever showed up first got to get in. Mm-hmm. So y'all have so le- less Paisley Park at this point? No, we're still at Paisley, still Park. Paisley Park. Okay. We're just like kind of just like, like waiting around, getting ready for the show. At this point, we're on the stage. We're doing the show. The show's going great. Room's full of people. Um, then the song comes up, and I'm playing it. Prince is nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know he did not just. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I know he did not just bail on me. I'm up here looking so stupid. <laughs> and then we get to the bridge section, and I knew that's where he was gonna come in. That's the best place for him to come in. So I'm just like, all right, I guess he ain't gonna come up here. That's disappointing. <gasps> and then over to my right, he just pops on stage. <laughs> he got a guitar on, got a green suit on. He got a guitar. He just starts ripping a solo. And I'm just like, wow. everybody, the whole place just lit up. The whole place is just like, people are like, I can't believe Prince, it's Prince. And I can't believe it's Prince. And he's ripping the best solo I ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I'm going I'm to double solo with Prince real quick. This is probably the only time I could ever do this in my life. Me and him just double soloing. Ooh. It was epic. 
And then he was done and the song was over. And he kissed me on the cheek and he jumped off the stage into the darkness. Just like a little, just. He disappeared, he vanished. Yeah, like a nymph. Is there video footage of any of those ever or he didn't allow anything like that? I do got some bootleg video. So Brittany. But now let's tell you about our print story. Wait a minute though. Brittany, you ain't get no pancakes? Uh, I, did, I played a little basketball actually. Yes, okay, yes, okay, I okay, said okay, you played okay. basketball, but not with friends. Uh, uh. Shut up, man! <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, listen. Okay, here's the next part of the story. Balances. Here's, here's the next part of the story, though. So, I get on the bus, everything like that. We're about to roll out, and his assistant comes back up, and his name is Trevor, and he's like, "Yo, Prince wants. He's on the phone. Somebody wants to talk to you." I was like, "Oh, okay." So I'm on the phone, and he's like, "Hey, did you have a good time?" And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> I did. I turned into like a little, <laughs> just a little girl in high school. So it's like, yes, I had the best time. Amazing. And he was like, all right, keep an eye out in your emails because I'm going to hit you up. I want to work with you. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> so hung up the phone. I checked my email every day <laughs> until I found out he passed away. Oh. I checked the spam, the junk. I checked everything. I checked email addresses I didn't even give him. Yeah. So. Well, at least you met him. Yeah, I met and him, played with him. Played with him. That's, yeah, that's a lifelong memory. The fact that he even knew I existed yes. is enough for me. So wait, people don't get paid for that, though, right? You just go and do it. Did we get paid? I'm just curious, because I know... We got paid a little bit, like, our expenses. Because like, there was, like, a thousand people. Amazing. What a guy. We have, we have, we have a Prince story. We <laughs> met Prince, too. Ours is so irrelevant compared to... You want to tell him the Prince story, Charlamagne? No. Um, he was up here at like like five in the morning one morning, and um, at five, yeah, five in the morning. And somebody was like, "Yo, Prince is in the building." We like Prince, so we put everything on automation. And as soon as we got to that door right there, he was walking down the hall with two old white women, and he came over. He spoke. He was very polite. And Charlamagne was a little uh, school I, could, I didn't, I didn't yeah, know. I, I didn't, like I didn't know what like to say. Either, just yeah. like you. So what came out of my mouth was, "I grew up Jehovah Witness too." And he not was, even like a hello. He's like, uh, uh, I grew up Jehovah's Witness too. That's fine, <laughs> just like that. And he was like, thank you. Nice. He was like, he was like, we got to talk about that one day. And then I asked him for a picture, and he was like, no, I don't take pictures. And he walked away, and I took a picture of him. Even though he said no. And he was floating. <laughs> he was about this much off the ground. He had on a purple cape. I showed everybody in the room a picture of him floating. And about ten seconds later, it, where, that, where that picture was in my phone, it was just black, disappeared. Not making this up. Stay.